Hello there, Princeps. Just before we get into today's podcast, just a little disclaimer. We noticed during the editing process that uh, Alex was actually using the wrong mic um, for both this podcast and the next one. Um, Therefore, you may notice that there is a little bit of a difference in the sound quality um, on his line. But don't let that put you off. Still some great content ahead. So with that being said, let's get into it. Maximal Fire, the podcast for Princeps. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. And in Act 1 today, we're going to talk about what we've been up to and the new Volkite weapons before swinging over to Act 2, where we're going to look at what weapons do and weapon layouts, Titan chassis, kind of give you a breakdown on uh, what weapons are good at doing what. Yeah, it's going to be a, a very good episode for any new Princeps out there. Um, hopefully, you'll leave this episode a little bit more uh, wised up as to... Uh, how we use these god machines. I do love, I just love that phrase. I just, I don't know. Just <laughs> always, it's like, you know, how, how big are they? God machines. Yeah. Sorry. Are they, are they big? <laughs> are they very big? No, they're god size. God machines. Yeah, yeah. But you may, you may notice a, a slight change to the format uh, on, on this particular episode. So um, essentially, we're not going to be doing any princeps questions in this particular podcast. Um, due to vacations, um, there would have been quite a, a space of time between this podcast and the next one. So um, what me and Ben have decided is that we're going to do this this podcast as normal. And then we're going to do a... Well, in fact, we're going to do the thing that I think in the last episode we said, oh, we'll never do. We'll only do that when we run out of ideas. I did wonder you're going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to do a Princeps um, question special. So we've got lots of questions in from you guys. We're also going to have a, a look at some questions which were raised to us before um didn't we didn't manage to fit into the last podcast or the podcast that came before and this will cover basically um anything you guys wanted to know so yeah a little little bit of a change um but we figured that we'd rather do uh these two which i i guess will end up with a kind of normal size pod and one which is slightly shorter fingers crossed <laughs> fingers crossed yeah let's find <laughs> out uh, but ho- hopefully that'll um just fill the gap in between this podcast and the next proper podcast. It won't be too long between uh, the casts. Um, we're only really looking at about a five-week difference, but with me being away, we've also got the Re- Reactor Meltdown tournament um, coming up at the beginning of July, and so we wanted to make sure uh, that you guys still had something to chew on while we were out busy in the real world. Yeah, no, so I think we're lining up the guests for the Melter Reactor one, aren't we, I believe? Uh, we are the melter reactor, then. Yeah, melter reactor one. I don't know. No, you helped organize this thing. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> but the thing was, I started organizing so long ago that it's kind of almost like it, you know, it's 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 in this weird space where I'm both really looking forward to it and focusing on it because I've got to paint terrains up for it, but also I've completely forgotten I've helped organize it. Yeah, I know what you mean. In fact, I probably actually need to finish painting some terrain myself because um, I do have a few pieces which are still unpainted. You do need a few boards. <laughs> yeah, we do. No, we should, it, it, it'll look great. Um, let's let's be mm. honest, right? What we what we can provide will be more than what 
Warhammer can provide at their events. <laughs> well, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it, in in their defence, they weren't quite. Re- I, they they hadn't planned to do a sixty-four man event. And we aren't doing a 64-man event, let's be honest. We're only doing a, what, 30, oh, God, no. 32, I think it is, in this uh, particular one. But um, but first up on the podcast, um, just a quick shout-out to our new uh, patrons who decided to back us on Patreon. So um, this month, big shout-out to Clive Griffiths. Thank you very much, mate. I really appreciate your support helping make the podcast what it is. Um, if you do want to um, support us via Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash maximalfire. And um, ev- everything which uh, you guys are, are donating is really helping the running of this show. It's also allowing us to do more and plan more for the future. Um, we recently put out a, a survey, which some of you may have seen. Um, in fact, quite a lot of you saw because we had an incredible response from the community. We were expecting maybe a handful mm. of survey responses, and we got dozens, um, which was great. It really gave us a, a solid understanding of what it is you guys like and what you want uh, but also it kind of gave us a few ideas for the patreon and what we could do with that so sparked a lot of, um a lot of ideas and hopefully there's going to be more to come on the patreon soon uh, more corsair manable talk i believe was the main yeah i think everybody agreed yeah. that they only want us to talk about reavers and only want us to talk about corsair manables yeah well, that's lucky. That's that's, yeah. that's quite good. I've, I've I've used them a few times recently. Uh, I mean, and to be honest, we're 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 a bit of a one-trick pony, so it's good that that's what they want <laughs> because we don't really know anything else. Yeah, we've been bugged. They said talk about the looper cat man. I thought, like, oh, okay, never used it, but sure. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, just um, on on the subject of um, the survey, the the one thing which kind of came out of that, which was a resounding yes, we want this, is more Legio deep dives. So we are going to over the coming podcasts make sure that we are featuring a few more legios um you'll probably notice that most of what we've done at the moment have been loyalists um the, the reason for that is that we obviously want to make sure that uh, we're using the most up-to-date rules that we can and i think we're kind of anticipating that in the next couple of months hopefully we'll have that traitor book so our, our, our next proper podcast um well actually not the next one i think our next legio deep dive is going to be on ignatum and yeah, so a few more loyalists probably to come, and then um, we'll hopefully be getting right into the thick of it with the traitors. David Hapsaw, well, the traitors. I've only ever played Mortis as traitor, and um, I did lead you a deep dive when the God Engine cast. Ah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you can just recycle what you said in that. I just literally just copy it and get you to. I'll just give you the Martin script. Yeah, I'll just I'll just <laughs> pretend to be Martin for the evening. Um, as with every podcast that we do, though, obviously we've noticed that there was listening back on our last episode there was one or two things that um we said at the time which we kind of thought about afterwards and realized that we'd made a few little errors as i say things we got wrong yeah so um first part of the cast today we just wanted to quickly revisit some of those and just make sure that we clarify them so the first one i think nice nice and quick one really was I think I mentioned as part of the discussion around war gear and the war gear options, which were going to be in the, we were speculating about the war gear options in the traitor book. I said that there was no uh, alignment specific war gear in loyalist book. That is wrong. There is, there's quite a bit. Only, only potentially the most devastating weapon in the entire game right now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Somebody just said vortex. And I was like, Oh God. Yeah. I, did I just blank out vortex from like some kind of PTSD about discussing vortex in the past? 
But um, yeah, no, there is obviously a huge, a huge section, um, well, a good selection of loyalist specific war gear. So yes, that's that was a boo boo on my behalf, and mostly down to a brain fart. Yeah, and I, I, I think I, I kind of missed it because I think in my head I was listening to it differently, which to what the words were coming in. It's not listening to me. I, I, I think the traitor book will have more generic war gear that isn't the same as the loyalist book. So there's something in both books for both sides. That's my gut feeling. So I think I think in my head that's what you meant. <laughs> it's listening back. No, that isn't exactly. That is nothing like what you said. I, I, I but it's fine. I, I, I knew it. We discussed yeah. it at length. I don't know why I just opened my mouth and my brain just wasn't functioning properly at that particular time. Um, and the next one, um, somebody kindly pointed out that we did slightly get the rules for the warp displacement wrong. Oh no, no, no. we didn't get them. my opponent got the rules wrong, and I just took his word for Batum. So um, this game I was talking about against Dan uh, about a month or two ago. It was the first time we were allowed to play games again, probably in shops. And uh, we said it's a warp displacement. If you warp a space into a building, the building's destroyed and the Titan ticks D, D3 strengths uh, seven hits or something to the body or random location. I can't remember exactly what. Um, that is what it says, except there's a comma after it. <laughs> it says if the building is like, is it, if it's like impassable terrain, I can't remember the exact terminology blocking blocking that's it the titan's just destroyed which was a slight difference well, but it would have made a big difference to the game well it only made zero impact to the game because that titan died in the next in the only the thing that killed it was the was it the only thing it could shoot oh, okay so it may and it shot it killed it immediately as soon as it walked to space so in the actual grand scheme of the game it made zero difference but obviously I do want people to think, yeah, you can just warp space a warlord into a building and get remove it and then like shoot through the gap you've just created. Yeah, don't do that. That's a no. bad idea. That doesn't work. Your warlord doesn't blow up. Very bad idea. It's one of those classic ones where, like, you know, just don't sometimes, like, I think a lot of war games, I know I'm guilty of this, say a comma and just think full stop. Mm. So the rule's finished. Um, and I can't remember I've talked about this cast before. The classic one was back in my games, work, working games workshop days when we got the Ogre Kingdoms book for Sixth Edition Warhammer. And it said every model in Ogre Kingdoms army causes fear. So we, me and the manager at the time made all these lists with nobblers because they're two points each. And back then, if you outnumbered with fear, they automatically ran away. It's going to be great. Nobblers smashing into the you know, front with ogres and the enemy's going to run away in fear. And then uh, after about an hour of doing this, the net, we carried on reading it said, except nobblers. So, you know, it, it, it made nobblers were amazing for two points for about an hour in our world. I, I think, though, it's, <laughs> it is one of those things now. Like, I mean, I came back to um, Games Workshop after a hiatus a couple of years back. And the way that they write their rules now is different to how they used to in the past. There's very much this focus on rules yeah. as written. And I think sometimes you can kind of like almost like overanalyze the intention and the wording <laughs> behind it or you kind of you, no. you focus on it too much you get blind to certain elements of it i yeah yeah everyone makes mistakes right yeah, yeah. talk about mistakes uh this is kind of my favorite part from the last episode and i, I i've not listened i've not listened back to this bit so i'm not sure if you ed- how much you edited out but i kept saying when recording it there's another loyalist legion which is really good in combat there's another one i know there is i know there is could not remember what it was um, so it was Ignatum, because they re-roll ones when they're in 12 inches or someone. I, I would like to just point out that isn't uh, an error. That isn't a mistake. That is merely an omission. It's very different. <laughs> it is merely an omission. But yeah, we were talking about this afterwards, and Ignatum actually does stand out pretty solidly as one which would be pretty pretty good in close combat. That re-rolling ones, mm. 
um, within 12 inches is obviously as useful for shooting as it is for, sorry, as useful for melee as it is for shooting. Yeah. So yeah, a reaver in close combat re-rolling ones is pretty scary. That's pretty much auto-hitting unless there's other modifiers, which there aren't many in the game right now. Um, even a warlord, because I think they hit on freeze, I want to say. So it's still upping your chances of hitting. Uh, Fun enough, we actually both then played Ignatum at the midweek mana pools. Yeah, everybody's playing Ignatum yeah. at the moment down here, it <laughs> yeah. seems. It's like, never seen them, and all of a sudden, yeah, uh, two-thirds of the games had Ignatum on. Um, well, the other game was a Tiger's Eyes uh, mirror. Yeah, and, so, and that yeah. that game, uh, we kind of delved into the hobby update, so let's just go with it. I was just say quick before we do, we're not going to go to Ignatum here. They're the future deep dive, and we have so hopefully have something lined up special for that. But yeah, they're good in combat. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we finally managed to persuade George that Furians are as good as we've been saying that they are. I did love his comment after the game. He's had blindness <laughs> to this because he play he plays them. But I think when he finally faced off against them, he realised what it is everyone's been banging on about for the past eighteen months. Yeah, I think I think he didn't help. He said, "What was he said? He had um, what was it? Like the first two turns, he kind of controlled the game pretty well, and then all of a sudden, his opponent's defensive surge and just ripped through his titans." And he said, "Oh my god, that's really it's, it's really strong, isn't it?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know, George. I've been faced it for two freaking years." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that's funny. A little bit of karma as well, like <laughs> tasty your own medicine, George. Come on, you can't just keep winning all of these games. Now you know why. No. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they are very good. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, we've had some good, had some good games to be honest. I don't know, when I faced um, so our friend Oliver is now um, he's okay. So when we started <laughs> when we started the Clash of the Titans challenge, Oliver's um, manipul was going to be his own custom homebrew called Legio Ridfold. They then turned into um, Legio Traxonis. I uh, decided to change the paint scheme slightly. It looked very, very nice. And then he decided that he no longer liked the look of the <laughs> Legio Tritonus, and now they're Legio Kritos. So, um, uh, no, Ignatum. No, no, no. They, they, they went to Kritos, and now he's started... Oh, to... they did, didn't they? Yeah. That was it. So, yes, you're right. Yes, they're now Kritos, and then he's also done Ignatum. Which he smashed out in, like, two weeks or something. Like, a whole mana pot. And the guy who says he's not fast at painting as well. Yeah. So I got to play against Ignatum for the first time uh, with my Extergamus Manipal, with my Crucius, a couple of weeks not ago. Not bad. Yeah, it was good. pretty good, actually. Although Oliver needs to learn that he needs to not leave Warhounds stood in the middle of nowhere with no cover. Um, he learned very quickly that that's a bad idea when facing Volcano Cannons and uh, three Warlords. To be fair, I don't think he's used many Warhounds before, no. has he? No, no, no. It was the first no. time. It was a, it was a yeah. steep learning curve. Um, for him, warhounds. I also I think those have some of the highest possible like damage output of most titans, but mostly through plasmas because plasma blast guns are amazing. But yeah, if you use them wrong, like a warlord can kill a warhound in one round of shooting without breaking a sweat. They're not very forgiving, and I, I think this is where I kind of made the mistake of, st- of having my first few games playing with Ordax. Like, I mean, talk about like playing it on hard mode. Like it was. Not very forgiving at all. You know, on top of the fact that they can be quite fragile, I gave myself a weapon that can blow up itself. You know, like, what more could I do to kind of stimmy my own chances? I want to say there was warnings. There were people saying, like, Alex, are you sure you want to be doing this? I know. I mean, I mean, you proper f- hard countered by then going to Warlord list. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I I think I'm kind of going from one extreme to another to be honest because like I've gone all decks with all of my um warhounds and and some <laughs> murder turtles um <laughs> and Crucius hard the other way with Extergamus Manipal and now I've been lulled back into collecting Graphonicus <laughs> which is going to be quite a lot of Reavers. I think generally really? I, I just get bored of paint. I, I like painting the same Titan at the same time, but then I get bored of painting them and have to do something else. Yeah, I, I can, I, I can get that. I, I can, I mean, actually, no, I, can't, I didn't get that. I, I could I could paint another Reaver tomorrow. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> you know, I've only actually painted, well, this is my fourth Reaver. I think I'm painting, fifth Reaver. I think I'm painting at the moment. I've, I just thought about this a second. I have painted 13 Warhounds so far this year. And I've, my four teams on the painting table at the moment. Off topic, um, but I'm liking where this conversation is going. How many Titans do you think of each class you've actually painted since you started? This year? No, in no, total. In total. Oh god! So this this year, I've now painted 43 Titanicus models because I've kept I've kept a log. Um, then for my Mortis, I painted. Uh, so I've painted Warlords are the one I painted the least. I did, I did two for uh, Sturge, uh, Astorum. Two for Mortis, one for Gatekeepers, and I'm currently painting one for uh, Persergius. Reavers, I've painted. I did three for Storum. I did five? Yeah, I never did the six for Mortis. That's eight. I did one for the Gatekeepers, and I've done five for uh, for Persergius. That's 14. And then Warhounds, I've I've done 14 this year. I'm doing the 14th this year. I did four for my Mortis, and I did four for my Storm. If you if you added up those numbers, Ben, twenty one, twenty one. What did I say? Twenty one, thirty five, forty one Titans. You are heading towards Lee Marshall territory. I don't own them all anymore. That's well, I, think, I suppose. Kind of, it, yeah, I, I guess. Thing. But you painted nearly fifty percent of what he he has. Hmm. On knights, I'm nowhere near him. No. Because who could be? God. I think he no, was single-handedly responsible for the shortage of Questorus Knights at one point. You couldn't get them in the shops at all. I think it's because he bought them all. Um, but yeah, I, I played... Oh, When did I start playing? I started playing in October. I must have done 10... No, 12 Warhounds, 5 Warlords, 5 Reavers, 1 Sounds about right. Warbringer. Not bad for... Well, I suppose I'm coming up on 10 months now, I suppose. So I've never painted a Warbringer. Because the I had a Warbringer for my Mortis and it fell off a shelf and broke oh, and no. was unfixable. And then I've gone over and I did a really, I did a really rubbish pose as well, so I hadn't painted it. Um, <clears throat> I said the standard pose, I should have complete mistake. Um, but I'm going to correct that because I have been planning my next Legio, which I'm going to take a little break from Titanicus after the next two Titans, and then I'm and a couple of weapon options I've got to paint up now. Thank you, Volkite. And then um, as of today, <laughs> as of the last few this week. Gonna go and do Kratos. So not Metallica. That's my next project. No, I need a traitor legion. I kind of looked at it and um Kratos will be I kept looking at Metallica and it's gonna be very similar, I think, with the not not so much the weapons, but the Titan Titan's gonna be painting very similar to my um Sergius. Yeah. Whereas Kratos is gonna be off the bat and gonna do three warlords, a warbringer, then like Two probably two reavers and may, like maybe one maybe probably one maybe two warhounds. So it's locked down the heavier end, and then they, they can do all the heavier heavier mana pools, which I can't do at the moment with Sergius. So I need a break from white. 
I've painted too much white this year. I did two Legios where white is one of their main colours, <laughs> and <laughs> it was a mistake. Um, it's not a mistake. I mean, it's been it's been a, it's been a good learning curve, but it's just it's it's a lot of effort. Especially I'm not doing them too dirty. It's a lot of effort to keep it clean. Yeah. Whereas um, Kratos will be dirty as you like because they don't clean their Titans. Yeah, weathering can help a lot with that. Um, but obviously, mm. it's a very different look. But we'll talk again next time, and you'll probably be back on Metallica by then, or maybe you'll be on to uh, something know, else instead. I don't, I don't think so. Well, I don't know, because I'm, I'm not painting anything in July. It probably won't be till the end of August I do. I start doing the next Legio, because I've got a few other side projects to do with uh, Amunda Gang, because we're doing another painting challenge, because apparently we love painting challenges. Um, and then I've got some historical stuff to paint up. So, yeah. But no, I, I, I think it's good to... I will be honest, the historical stuff is 15 mil. It's to, it's to bump my painting totals, because it feels like I painted loads this year. I'm like, 43 models. If I did this in 15 mil, I'd have done like 200 by now. <laughs> well, I've, um, I've, only, I've only painted Titanicus since October. I've only done Titanicus this, this, this yeah. just about the same time. I, I'm kind of a little bit worried, because I'm, I too, I'm, I'm taking part in that Munda painting challenge, and I've got a Necromunda gang, and I'm like, 28, how do I paint 28 millimeter again? Like, can I just airbrush it? But my guys are going to be black and a slightly different shade of black. Yeah. Black <laughs> with airbrush black and then contrast. Why not? <laughs> anyway, uh, what games have you played? Because I don't really want to talk first because I've played a lot of games in the last, like, since the last podcast. I've, I've really hit the game. I had a week off, so I hit the games hard. I, well, other than the fact that, um, other than that game that I played against Oliver, um, which. I mean, my extergamus is very frustrating because I seem to be able to lay down so much pain and always end the game with a draw. I think <laughs> I, won, I have won no. another. I have won another game since uh, since playing, but um, oh, one of the games didn't end in a draw. They did, Alex. Well, n- no, Ben. <laughs> no, I lo- okay. So I lost against Ben. Is what he's putting up against that after I wiped out his entire force apart from one reaver. I think he find was tabled against me, I believe was the phrase, Alex. Yes. It very nearly went the other way. You had one Reaver <laughs> left on the table as well. My, my knight's killing that warlord at the end and then dying in the... Uh, <laughs> inevitably dying in the explosion. Yeah. Yay, we've killed a warlord! Uh-oh. <laughs> the, 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 the problem, I think one of the reasons as well why I've moved over to Glyphonicus is um, obviously manoeuvrability is hard with an extergamous maniple. And I, I oh, always... Really? Yeah, oh, just a little bit. And I always seem to struggle when, like, mo- especially most of the engine war, open engine war card um, objectives are yeah. objective based. Um, there's not, or at least the majority of the points are objective based. There's obviously a few secondaries and stuff, which um, you get some kill missions in and stuff like that. But if you're controlling points, it can be quite tricky. Um, you have to really think about it and really try and play the objectives. And it often becomes more down to area denial. and trying to take out those those titans which are controlling them on the other on the other side but yeah i think i want something a bit more flexible with the Griffonicus. because the first thing does in an, in our game was uh my secondary is what basically we, we had the kill each other mission which is you get maximum points 75 percent which is why though i i did table but killed all the peaky's models i only had one reaver left we got the same number of points for that but what did you in was uh, my objective was to plant a flag in your deployment area yeah. which my knights ran around and did and then that just that just meant that you could never ever contest it, and that was just ten points I was going to get. So you had to you had to beat me before I killed enough of your models. And in all fairness, I do have, if I I have to kill all three war, warlords 
Otherwise, I can't get maximum points. Yeah, which is not an easy job. But um, uh, well, obviously, I just did it. I do have four in that mana pool, so you could take out the warhound and two uh, warlords. No, so that don't, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be seventy five percent, would it? Three out of four. Oh, I suppose it would be exactly seventy five percent. Does that make? Does it have to be over? No, no, it's, it's points. It's not models. It's points. Uh, okay. Because that's why initially I thought you hadn't got seventy five percent. I'm like, I got a reva left. I can't, you can't have got. And then I you know, did the maths. I'm like, no, you got you got eighty three percent. Of course you have. Right. <laughs> I've got five reavers. How and and a support option. So by default. Um, but uh, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a good fun game. We we were waiting for the battle bin guys to come down because we were running them for a couple of games and they got stuck in traffic because um, they left a little late and. Bournemouth is kind of a. Apparently, people come to Bournemouth when it's hot. It's popular. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? They they got stuck in the New Forest for like ninety minutes, so we had a game where we waited. Um, and we should say we did brush the last turn a little bit just because they had arrived. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it, I don't think we did anything. I don't think we fudged anything. It was still pretty obvious I was going to charge you in the rear, and then if that didn't kill you, my reaver probably would have. Yeah, I I think I made some mistakes um, th- on the reactor overload assumptions with what was going to do there i think that there were good lessons learned really because i thought i thought by doing by pushing my reactor to the red limit i was more bad stuff was going to happen that actually was and then when it actually happened it was pretty lackluster i don't think in in hindsight and that was just a mistake from inexperience because i never i never run hot i always try and run cool so i never overload my reactor you actually remind me i had two that's it both games that day reactors screwed my opponent you because you thought it was going to do more and then i was playing john and um we, we had a very uh very good game and uh i i just won i didn't realize i'd won so i didn't realize i'd taken one of the objectives we had an objective each and my set i did my secondary slightly better but what cost him his secondary was he had he had to kill two titans with his princeps, and he ran a reaver that was in the red around the side to strip the shields of my warhound he had to kill, and that reaver then in the repair phase blew up and killed my warhound, which then meant he couldn't kill it with his princeps. Yeah. So I did my secondary fully, he couldn't do his secondary fully, and I snuck an objective I didn't realise I'd taken. So um, yeah, that was yeah. Well. It's it's all lessons learned, right? I mean, we've only really started playing games again in the last six weeks, two months. Yeah. And that's been a long time before then. So just desperately trying to get in that experience prior to the um, uh, prior to the tournament. But um, yeah, the game with the Battle Bling guys was really good. Um, I played Johnny um, with his Furians. Yay, Furians again. Um, <laughs> that was fine. You guys were laughing the entire game. Yeah, Don't make no, it sound bad. It, no, it was great. It was really good fun. Um, I won. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, I won. Johnny's one of my two, I think, wins. <laughs> uh, it should be said, though, I feel so I think the highlight that day was we, we did a bit of a few board games in the evening and we played, uh, what was, what's, it? what's oh, the game? Who Goes There, based on the thing. And Johnny, so it's a social suction game where one of you eventually becomes the thing and then you infect other people. And uh, you, you as the thing players got to try and get off the helicopter with the human players at the end to affect the rest of the world. And Johnny ended up being the only non-thing. And he completely worked it out from, like, the... And he did not trust anyone. Not and it was just this brilliant... He just... he Just, uh, just brilliant. And there's me try, trying to desperately... Well, no, no, you, you were very convincing. You were very convincing, <laughs> but he was not having any of it. He was not... 
He was not, and uh, yeah, he did actually say at the end, I should take a poker. I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think when, when there's money involved, I'm like, my line goes, yeah, I, I totally didn't have two aces, honest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was great, it was great seeing them. I, like, you played John, I played Johnny. Uh, so um, I think was John John was had his his, his Astobiax, but he was using mm. was it a, was he using a Storm uh, Legion? Yeah, we 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 thought we talked about it before. We think a Storm's probably the kind of probably the best because a lot of their stuff you can kind of put down to psychic powers, which is they go a bit faster for two turns and they're they're better at repairing. Which we kind of thought like telepath, you know, this is damage, quick, go here now, kind of element. Yeah. Um, and, and also, it's a very user-friendly, beginner-friendly, sorry, um, Legio. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite forgiving, and, and there's a lot of use out of the traits. Yeah. You d- and you don't have to think about it. You're just like, you get to move a bit faster the first two turns. That's, you, well, you need to think about that a little bit. But the repair roll is, you make repair rolls every turn. So every turn, you get a reroll yeah. that, you know, you're just using. It's not like something like Persergius where you've got to think, okay, I've got to try and set long range, or Mortis where you've got to get kills quickly to get the rerolls, and you've got to try and plan around it. It's, it just works. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he, um, John was, I was actually quite impressed. He's never played, but he he knew the rules. He knew his stuff. I was really impressed with him. I think he's been waiting for a good long time to get to the table. He's definitely done his research. He, he definitely has a big part of shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, all, all of that isn't part of shame. That is battle-bling research. No, what what was it? Oh, was it piles of potential? I think was the phrase I heard someone use recently. I'm like, yes, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I have that in abundance. I try, I, I've got to mention it because it will wind up George. So I, I I also before that weekend I played George and beat him because his reaver with two close combat weapons could not kill one knight for three turns. That's a bit pathetic. It was so I, I messed up. He he. I, I thought I'd hit my knights really well, but I, I moved them when I shouldn't have. When they were in full stride, and his warlord of a plasma killed two of them like straight on first turn. So I was like, great, that's it. And his reaver combat reaver about to hit my flank. So um, I won. I think I won the initiative for the next turn. So I kind of just charged in and punt, killed one of the chainsaw. It wasn't going to hurt a reaver. It was undamaged reaver. And then yeah, he didn't do anything back. And then for the next three turns, we just I just kept pinging this chain the chainsaw. <laughs> just keep pinging it and eventually he killed it but by then I'd um, again that was another game where I'd just won because of second race because we both had an objective each the game ended with my princeps which was his target to kill like side like crabbing along the side of this building so this warlord couldn't see it to shoot it <laughs> and and if he died it would have been a massive swing the other way because uh, his target was to kill my princeps my princeps had my object had the objective so it would have been a big double whammy on the um, on the point. It would have swung completely back yeah. the other way. But uh, that was a great game. And then um, I think it's amazing how often that happens, though, isn't it? I think there's been so many games, like the game that I had against Oliver, where you think you have it in the bag, and then in the space of like one turn or like one activation, it's it, it could swing the other way, or it can you can find yourself in a draw situation where you know kind of thought that it was anything going to be anything other than the win or maybe that's just my experience no i would say that and i'd say of the like four games i've played five games I've played recently four of them were all super tight and could have gone either way one one of them didn't which i guess go on to i've uh, i've been experimenting a bit with my my forces so i've dropped the full corsair to a minimum minimum one what is this heresy i know i know i've taken um a minimum Venator mana pool, and it's been working really well actually. The balance, it's the Venator kind of come, comes to my flanking force, 
and they can take on almost anything by themselves because the shield stripping the extra shots the princeps gets the reroll one for uh, favored by fortune i think it is reroll one reroll every turn in the combat combat uh, phase so combine that with melter's rerolling location dice from long range and getting three shots it rapidly builds builds up i can see why that works really well because mm. when you've got a full venator manipul you've obviously got your well most likely you've got your four re, um your four warhounds spread out over like a a reasonable kind of area but it, like you say if you're using use them in just a minimal minimum you can kind of use it as that kind of strike force where you're focusing your attentions of the, the, the free shots from that reaver yeah it, it it's it's yeah it works really well it might actually be able to take to the tournament now which is kind of like eight of our 11th hour change which i hadn't really thought about um you know that after all of these memes ben you're not going to be allowed to if you're not taking a full <laughs> course there then we'll we'll lose listeners they won't have it mate they won't have it the other virtual gives me a second princep so i get to take uh what's it uh what's it there's something strategist what's it uh what's the, yeah what's the um trick? the one which allows you to take the opus Dominant strategist. That's the one, dominant strategist. And what I didn't realise, because I've, I've I've never used it, I've seen it being used. People always do it like immediately at the start of the turn. No, you can choose the phase you become the first player. Mm. Any phase you can take over, which means you can let your opponent move. You could even let your opponent like you can almost see like, or you can go like strategy phase, so you can be like, okay, yeah, you, are you going to get the charge order off? Oh, you have got the charge order off, right? Okay, now I'm going to steal the initiative and move out the charge range. It's it's such so it's such a good ability. It hasn't been critical in the game so far, but it's been a nice. I, I've it's been a nice ability to have. It's it's a good one to take when you've got multiple princeps mm. uh, seniorises. But I think if you've only got the one, maybe you know you, you'd be thinking about that plus one to your repair roll or you're re-rolling one dice. You know, I think there's just some other good generic ones if you've just got the one senioris. Yeah, I also think it's one of those. It's one of the. I think it's probably since you got the highest like ceiling from a one from a from the uh traits because it can win you it could easily win you a game um i didn't i know i didn't use it against dan when i played him and in all fairness i felt very sorry for dan so first game using this using the new um using the new list i've, I've made he dan was using dan was going to go on to tabletop standard unfortunately the game didn't record very well but something i believe something to do with like a snowboard not very good light. Uh, the lighting wasn't as good as they hoped it would, and the camera didn't really pick up the pictures very well because it was the white kind of almost like snow blindness, I, I guess. Overexposure, probably. Yeah. Something like that. I, I don't know. I'm not technical on cameras. I only ran a YouTube channel for two years. <laughs> Why would I know anything about cameras? Uh, and um, yeah, so he um, so he was trying that list, and the, the Venator comes around. He even stopped one of my Reavers for me, I just, one of my Warhounds for me to shoot him. But I stripped the shields on his one of his two Reavers. And my reaver shoots hits him in the head, double critical, straight off the bat. Nice. And he'd taken a stratagem, which meant both his princeps were linked, which then caused a critical hit on the other oh. <laughs> on the other one. And then, um, then my reaver, then he did his like I think that reaver shot before he died. And then my reaver shoots again, hits him in the head again with his belter and just killed him. Which is like, oh, it's like four critical hits to the head and two shots, bang, he's gone. <laughs> and then my course, my corsair manipul. Then just took apart the other reaver. So both his princeps, both his reavers died on the turn two, leaving him some warhounds. Now I would say he did some really nasty stuff with shot glances. He actually shut down one of my titans, the one titan that died. But yeah, very quickly it's been this brutal. You know, once those two reavers are gone and I had full control of the battlefield, 
and there was nothing then to stop me. We played the one we had the three objectives in each deployment area. Yeah. And you've got to go and blow them up and you end the turn on them and you blow them up. Um, so it was just nothing stopping my two warhounds just charging up and just blowing up all three objectives. And then my, my four Reavers took on his four warhounds, which you can probably imagine how that went. But uh, a warp displacement stopped me from, and it ending on turn four did stop me from tabling him, unfortunately. Oh, well. A mercy. And then I, the last one I played Keith's uh, Fire Wasp, which we kind of talked about, we said I played Fire Wasp, which ended up. So his first two turns went great, and then his War Warbringer went nuclear and did more damage than his entire force had done in two turns to me. I had two, I had one Reaver go from undamaged to immobilized from, from an explosion, and then um, the another Reaver, his body was just like leaking plasma. Like almost right to the end. Fortunately, they both had all their shields up, which kept me kept them safe and why I won the game. But it was a little like, yeah, I've killed the war. Actually, I killed sorry one shot because he had them so close. Stuck on this say, oh, this is so, this is a bad one shot. I had one melter shot killed some other damage, killed a warbringer and a reaver because they were so close. They did the template on both of them, um, but both of them went nuclear, and then that almost cost me the game. I just love it when stuff like that happens. Like those little interactions, like what makes the game for me. I mean, going back to the game I had with with Johnny, um, there was I, in the last podcast we talked about the Maury Quake Cannon and how like there's you know use use for it in some respects. And I think I think I might have said something like it either does loads or it does nothing. And um, the game that I had against Johnny was one of the situations where it actually did quite a lot. Um, I shot one of his warhounds. Um, which which killed it, but not before moving it backwards three inches, slamming into another warhound, causing damage to the warhound from the um, the impact hits, and then it exploded. <laughs> it was just like, uh, it, it, just it, brilliant. I just I just love it when stuff like that happens. But that was one of the t- one of the times when the Mori actually did something. And since the last conversation, I've also well th- for that game. I've I don't take two anymore. I only take one. I've fiddled around with my list a little bit, so now that I take one uh, Mori and one volcano cannon, um, means I have to drop the gyros on one of my on my APOC missile launches on one of my warlords. But it gives me a little bit more punch. And yeah, it's uh, I think it's a little less swingy when you've only got one Mori to worry about, but still very satisfying when it does happen. So it's uh, I think as I said, it, it it can do stuff. I just yeah. I say swingies, swingies the phrase. Yeah. Have you paint you just quickly? You painted much? I've not painted as much as I did before, uh, or rather, you had to I, go back to the office, didn't you? I yeah, we've yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> back in the office. A bit more, so painting time has been stymied. Um, I, yeah, I I like to paint on my lunch breaks, um, but um, I'd, I'd obviously finished the Crucius. Um, well, I'd finished what I'd planned to do with the Crucius, and I kind of had realised that I. I'd bitten off a bit too much for me than I, I'd bitten off um, more than I could chew really with them. Like the, each one was taking a long time to paint, and uh, the detail and stuff I was doing on the base was taking even longer. And I was I could feel myself starting to get burnt out. And again, it's it's black and white. It's not the most kind of imaginative of color schemes, even though I was trying to do something different with them. But the amount of work with the checks and all of that, it looked great, but it was a bit of a faff. Um, so. I decided that I wanted to start painting something else. And then I just saw Richard Gray's Warmaster Titan for Graphonicus again randomly. And I was like, I just want to do that. So I'm back playing 
Grafonicus again, painting Grafonicus. In fact, I recently posted up my first completed Warhound. I've got two Reavers on the way. I think I'm going to do minimum Ferox with a or Warlord support, I think is going to be the plan. Um, I, mean, I mean, if you paint five Reavers, you can literally do every manable. Yeah. Well, well, not, literally not, every. not quite, because you can only substitute a, a Warlord or a Warhound. So you couldn't do Oh, a... sorry, sorry. So paint up three, five, uh, five Reavers and two Warbringers, and you can do every more. Yeah. Every yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, just if, if you... I, I toyed with the idea of doing like an Extergamus again, but I was like, I've already done an Extergamus, do something different. Um but I've got a Warbringer. It's just been sat in a box waiting to be painted. So I was like, oh, I'll just paint four Reavers and a Warbringer, and I've got an Extergamus Maniple, and then not to be sniffed at for um, Griffonicus. Then very good. I think that'd be quite good. I think that'd be quite good fun as well. Yeah. Because um, you're using the Warbringer and the Reavers, it's just it's going to be very different from your Warlord version. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think even, you know, there'd be a tendency, even though Reavers are a bit more um, maneuverable that you'd you'd end up playing a, a static gun line or a semi-static gun line again with an extergamous maniple. Um I think it'd be more mobile. I guess the bigger issue is you have to take a lot more stripping weapons yeah. than you probably would have a warlord. So how yeah but but when when you hit like if you if you surge with a melter cannon. Yeah. Because my reavers don't never run particularly hot. So you'll put and you'll probably see so you're probably fine you could um use the surge of special rule even on the Gatling. Yeah, I mean to be honest, even on the cruci- in my Crucius, I I up the strength of my Gatling quite often. I, I love. Mm. I mean, we'll probably talk about weapons later on, but I I really love Gatling weapons. And when you can make a macro Gatling strength nine, yes, please. Yeah, and and as people say, people say it's a lot of heat. I'm like, yeah, but if you kill a Titan, it's probably worth it. Yeah, and like I should be recovering some of that heat. My dice don't often go the way I want them to, but it's supposed to vent well. They generally do like better than most anyway. Just just take the the just take the venting upgrade. Yeah, but it's it's still thirty. You know, twenty twenty. 30, no, it's still thirty. Twenty five points. Twenty five points. Oh, you mean the um the universal warrior upgrade? Yeah. 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 Um, would make that particular list quite tight though. I'd have to drop gyros, and I do love my gyros. Oh, talk about on your reavers. Oh, sorry, I'm getting confused. What we're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they they don't need it as much. But anyway. I'm not. I'm not doing another Extergamus Manapple Ben. I'm going to do something different. I'm doing. I'm going to do a Ferox. I'm going to get in. Have you considered a Corsair Manapple? Um, I've had people come to my door and talk to me about the Corsair <laughs> Manapple. They gave me a pamphlet and everything. It's. I. I from what I hear, it's the way forward. <laughs> um, talking about the way forward, or maybe not. Uh, we got the rules for Volkite weapons. We did. Yeah. 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 Um, I like the Warlord one. I. I think. <laughs> they're costed okay, but unfortunately, they're just not good. So, I guess we'll quickly go through them. Anyone who's not seeing them, the, the Reaver, uh, was it the Volkite? And, I'm Eradic- sure Eradic- no, not the Eradicator. The, um, the, the Eradic- yeah, Eradicator, yeah. The Eradic- yes, Eradicator. So, the, the Eradicator is it's exactly the same on the Reaver and the uh, and the Warhound. The only difference is obviously the Reavers is on Carapace, so it's got 360 line of sight. They are range 20, free shot, strength 5, void breaker 2. Uh, the issue is the 20 points each. Now, the issue is I could probably get on board of that if it wasn't for their minus one to hit a long range. Even then, the problem is is that the VMB exists. Yeah. 
Vulcan Megabolter, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the main problem, is that the Vulcan Megabolter exists and it's 10 points, and you can get two for the price of, of one. Yeah. Like you say, I think that the minus one is completely unnecessary. I don't know why they chose to give it the minus one at long range. No, I think if you flip it and you can make it plus one at short range and no negative at long range, I think it actually might almost be viable. Yeah. But as you say, it's it's 20 points of Vulcan Megabolt. I mean, now, don't get me wrong, Vulcan Megabolt should be more expensive. I think they should be 20 points myself. At which point, then I think it's a, I think the Vulcan Megabolt will still be better, but I think it's a more interesting conversation. Um, I've still got two of these coming for Reavers, so I will get them painted up because I've only, com- I, if you've never seen them on Instagram, I convert my Vulcan Megabolt to Warlord ones because I don't like the Reaver one. So it will save me having to convert up some weapons. I'll give them a go. I'm just not particularly excited. They, they look, they look great. They, they are really cool weapons. Um, I just think that they're just lacking something, and I think, I, I, I think that the thing that they're lacking is Shieldbane. If they were the stat yeah. line that they were, but they also had Shieldbane, and you didn't have to push to get Shieldbane, then yeah. this would be a very viable Warhound weapon because it, you. I, I think it would be great if if you'd have that. I don't think I don't think you need to adjust the points one bit if that no. was what you did. Because at the moment, obviously, the option on the Warhound is you take it on the um, the turbo laser destructors, and then you're pushing that vulnerable reactor on your Warhound. Yeah. If if you gave one bad roll, you're in the orange yeah, immediately. Exactly. If you gave the Warhound the ability to do that for free, then I would take that minus one at long range. I think you know you're yeah. going to be doing what is it three dice, so you probably you're hitting on fours, so, aren't you? At long range for most for the most part. So. You're probably going to get two hit, one hit, we'll say one and a half hits, we'll say one hit, which immediately becomes three hits because of a void breaker. Yep. And then it was minus one. If if, if they, yeah, that, that that's great at that point. I like it at that point. Well, but... on, on a fresh reaver, you know, it'd be three hits. You'd be, um, they'd be saving on fours, so they, they might like lose one or two. Um, whereas at the moment, they're, they're probably not even losing yeah. one. I, I don't get it. It's quite interesting all the new weapons they've added to the game because uh, almost every other weapon, even even they've come out recent-ish, was um, or it was in the original card packs. We just didn't have any models for them. The three weapons they've added, which is Volkite, uh, the Claw, and the uh, Shock Lance, all of them have come out. They've not been great when they've initially come out. Now the Shock Lance and the Claw are a lot more playable now. Um, I, th- I, th- I think the shock lance actually has some legs in some some mana pools, especially Ferox. Even the Ursus is better than it was. Yeah, they're, they're all better than they were. They're all now usable, which is uh, you know at least, and that's that's the the minimum you can ask. So I do wonder at some point these guys might get like a second version of their rules and might become a bit better. But the uh, same, I do actually quite like the Warlord one. Oh yeah, I mean to be honest. I, I really like the Warlord one. I think it's kind of like the opposite coin with the Warlord one, but I think a lot of people are going to dismiss it. And I think I think the problem with the Warlord one is I don't really think that this is a weapon that you would take on the one Warlord that you have in your um, in your list. If you have one Warlord, yeah. you would not take this on that. In an Extergamus mana pool, I, I can see some big use out of this. Yeah, so the the Warlord version is range 24, so slightly longer range. There's no minus one to hit. Uh, three dice again. This time strength six. Uh, can be beam for draining. So you are rolling that reactor dice, which is always a slight worry. But obviously beam means you just auto hit. You choose the location you hit, 
And then you, um, as we've had to double check the rules on this, because initially when I said beam one, I was like, do you only get one dice when you do beam? You know, the actual beam rule is you for every beam, so let's say it was beam two, that would be six hits effectively. So beam one is three hits because it's got three dice. And the point that, that, that you, that, well, the main reason that I can see that this is good is that point there that you, you are also hitting a location of your choice. And it's, yeah. and that it, it could be behind 50% cover, also targeting yeah. the head, and you're going to hit it. Oh, I don't think you're targeting. I don't think you're aiming for the head with strength six. Well, no, if you're an extergamous <laughs> mana pool. Yeah. If you're an extergamous That's a lot of heat. Pool, that's a lot of heat well, at that point. It's potentially three heat. On average, mm. it's going to be two, which on a, a warlord is not bad. Um, you take the one to make it strength eight, and then you roll the dice and see what happens. Now, uh, this one's 40 points, which I probably should say. Now, I do like it. I think it's got a place in the... I think this one's definitely got a place in the Warlord's weapon arsenal. As Peaky says, I don't necess- I wouldn't necessarily take it on a single Warlord. Running two Warlords, I can I can see it having some use. Some of the stuff I've already been thinking about this is you just go... Like, in that first turn, you might have stripped some shields, and you, know, you haven't really got... You know, maybe not in position to do damage. You could potentially just aim for a weapon and, like, blow a... Warlords um, like Volcano Cannon or Plasma Roth. It's got some use from that that front. To be honest, I think that's quite a good use for it. I mean, we were discussing mm. how... Um... Well, Reaver Melters are the big one, the big one, mm. because you're doing that on a 4+. plus. Yeah, and, and 6 is just not enough to really do much damage to the body. But if you, if you could basically weaken your force by auto-targeting for a reactor dice roll, those weapons, three auto-hit mm. dice rolls, on a four up to disable a melter gun. Uh, uh, um, yeah. yeah. Yes, please. That, that, that could that could re swing a game. The only issue I have, and this is a finish, uh, it's not quite as bad as the other as the um Reaver and the Warham version. The Warlord Gatling fills a very similar role. It's it's the same thing, isn't it? Like the first ones are basically um negated by the, the VMB. And then you've got the Warlord Gatling, which is 35 points, I want to say. Yeah, yes. Yeah, 30 or 35. It's slightly cheaper. Yeah. And you're getting strength seven, six dice. Yeah. Plus one to hit a short range. Yeah. So, and the same same long range. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it's too expensive. Yeah. If, if, this was, if this was 30 points, I think it would be a lot better. I think I, I'm, I'm more likely to take the, the Volkite Destructor in my list i'm certainly going to mm. give it a go um mm. but it's 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 still too many points to be an auto well i suppose you don't want auto takes but it's still 10 points more I'd, I'd always be thinking about having that um that um macro gatling instead yeah um and, and i would say though like when you like finishing a titan if the gatling's short range and aiming that's hitting on four up so you are going to get three hits on average, which is the same as what this does. In Exturgeon's Mana Pool, this is less heat to make it stronger mm. than the Gatlings. The Gatling is too heat because it's uh, more than rate of fire four, I believe, is the rule. Or is it rate five, No, I think five. Five. I think it's five because plasma. Some Furies don't don't mm. suffer the extra heat. I still don't think this. Because obviously, so without breaking down, in my head, there's I have like three main. War Warlord builds, which is the brawling one, the long range one, and a kind of a medium support one. And I don't think this changes what I normally take with those in my head, but it's definitely more in the discussion. And it's 
Although I've just said, oh, I think the Gatling overshadows it. If I saw one of these, especially in Sturgeon's mana pool, I'm not going, I'm not thinking, well, that's a bad choice. Mm. You've cost yourself there. I understand the logic. And I think there will be probably a couple of Legios where this will be really good. The other thing you can do with something like this is you could play Blind Barrage on yourself and you still beam and you auto hit. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, um, so there are some more plays with this, which you can't do with the Gatling. But I think the, the good plays from it are a bit more are going to be harder to pull off than just the Gatling's ability to go. I'm just five six shots and I'm really good. Yeah, but have a play around with them, see what you think. You're like I, I, this is just first impressions at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I think I've certainly got um, one of these in the post. I'll hopefully get to play with it in the next couple of weeks. I've got two Reva ones and uh, <clears throat> not Volkite mm-hmm. from Battlebling to try out. Yeah, so you know, hopefully in the next couple of maybe in a might not be for the next pod, but the pod after that, maybe then we'll actually be able to tell you how it survives first contact with the enemy. Um, I think just to wrap up this kind of section, um, before yeah. we move on, we've already already started to touch upon what we're going to be talking about later. So mm. we'll just um, before we move on to Act Two, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to Goldie's Prints. Um, so Goldie does um, a lot of three D. He basically is a 3D printer, a 3D print manufacturer, um, who it, um, most of what he does is the the grim dark terrain um, line of um, resin cast terrain pieces, which all look amazing. Um, but he also does some 28 millimeter um, good um, solar auxiliary style uh, models as well, and and loads more besides. Um, the reason I'm giving him a shout out is Goldie's going to be down to the Reactor Meltdown event. Um, in the next, uh, for, well, the event that we've got in July, um, and he's going to be putting on an entire table's worth of terrain. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, what that what that's going to look like, Ben. Yeah, I saw some. He put some pictures on Instagram. Um, I think no, 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 he didn't. He sent me some pictures on Instagram. It's completely like, don't look at his Instagram. There's nothing there. And um, yes, and it, look, it looks awesome. It's it's all it's done as like scatter terrain, which is great because you know you can vary the boards more. Uh, but yeah, it looks it looks great. It's a lot of terrain. It was a really weird picture that he took an overhead picture and looked at it and went, oh, I think that's enough terrain. Then he kind of took to like a down on the few pictures, like you know, uh, more models eye view, like normal, yeah, models eye view. And like, oh no, there's 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 loads. This is nothing to worry about. Yeah, and the grim dark terrain stuff is amazing. Um, like really impressive. Mm. I know our friend Matt has um, on on his Patreon and has done lots of prints for his his stuff and goldie is is one of the guys who prints it on behalf of people who don't have 3d printers so if you really like the uh, grimdark terrain stuff and you want some of that then do check out goldie's um, instagram page and his store and we'll put the details in the description um i think that about wraps up act one ben are you ready for act yes. two i certainly am okay well I guess at this point we'll move on to a word from our sponsors. Princeps, does your Titan need a refit? Refit, refit. Are your locomotives feeling sluggish? Sluggish. Do your machine spirits need lifting? Lifting. If the answer to any of these is yes, then head on over to Battle Bling. Battle Bling on the Etsy store. Our range of new parts, conversion kits weapon upgrades alternative loadouts and a retro war gear will have your titan ready for battle 
and make them the envy of any god emperor. Battle Bling, gaming accessories, bringing the bling to your battlefield. Warning, Battle Bling products may contain awesome. And welcome back, guys. So in this section, we're going to look at uh, Titan weapons, kind of um, what to think about when you're building your Titans, uh, kind of, you know, what the kind of purpose of weapons are, and um, yeah, kind of you know, how to make the best out of the combos. It's one of the, the questions which kind of comes up quite frequently when we ask people. Um, and it was also a question which was um, put forward by one of our Patreons. Um, and I think it's a good place to start because you come into playing Titanicus and there's, especially now with all the Forge World options, there's just so many different weapon loadouts and mana pools available to people. And even Titans now, you know, we've got four main Titans or which you can... I say four main titans, not including the Warmaster in that, because I wouldn't class that as a main titan. But you know, it's what do you do really? What's um, wh where do you start, and what what are the kind of I guess in our in our opinion, the key recipes for success? I should I think that's one thing uh, to say though. though. I don't think we're going to retouch on the War Warmaster because firstly, it doesn't have many weapon options by the shoulders at the moment, which is just Warhound weapons mostly, and secondly. You know, <laughs> it's not something which sees play every single time. We're just going to focus on your core Titan loadouts and your core Titans. I would say if you're taking in 1750, give it Vulcan Mega Bolters because it needs to be strip shields. Yeah, uh, done. There we go. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's it. Otherwise, then just take the rest. Yeah, bigger games take the plasmas because they're broken because they gave them plus one to hit long range for some reason. Mm. Right, so uh, to use phrases which you may have heard before, and many are, um, we, we're not going to claim we coined these ones, uh, I think we kind of just kind of look at an overview. The main things is you've got strippers, rippers, and I would use the phrase finishers in the show notes if we've got brawlers. Yeah, the brawlers are what I would class as being the close combat titans. So strippers, rippers, finishers, brawlers. Now, to confuse this a little bit, some weapons are more than one. So they'll have like a main role, then have like a secondary role they can do. To give you a rough example before we go into too many details, I'd say like a volcano cannon would be dreadful at stripping shields because it's a reactor dice to potentially make them make two saves. Yes. Which um is just not not efficient for the for that at the same time. But the same thing, a Vulcan Mega Bolter would be awful as a ripper because it's strength four and it's not gonna punch that hole in which the other weapons can then follow in afterwards. So kind of that might give you a bit of an overview where we're looking at with this, but we'll go into it more. So, um, Alex, how do, you, how do you want to do this? What, what would you class strippers as, I guess, would be, uh, other than your, what you see on your stag do? Yeah, well, yes, everyone, <laughs> everyone loves the strippers. Um, strippers, obviously, are your titans or weapons uh, which are designed purely for getting those shields down. Now, quite often, one of the mistakes I've seen made is that people build lists which are, you know, for, for instance, Reva lists where they're packing loads of melter cannons, that's great. But, you know, to your point, how are you going to be getting those shields down? A melter cannon is great, but it's going to take two shields off of, you know, at, at, at most, it's going to do two shield saves. So you need to have a fair mix in your list of titans or weapons which can strip shields. Now, some people run these as dedicated strippers, 
um, dedicated stripping platforms. Some people like to throw in, you know, a a suitable weapon on a carapace, um, or, or or occasionally one arm weapon would be dedicated to that. Um, the way that I see often people do a little bit of a mix. The the classic stripper um, is and a quite cheap, effective stripper. It's the stripper that I use in my man, in my Extergamus maniple is the twin um, Vulcan Mega Bolter warhound um you're talking a ridiculously cheap titan load out there at 20 points for the weapons 10 points each for 12 dice worth of stripping ability and on top of that your sixes explode for two hits um weight of dice is a big thing so your gatling cannons your vulcan mega bolters are the obvious strippers there are some kind of pseudo strippers as well uh, which also can fill a little bit of a role. Well, can't fill a little bit of it. They do fill a role with doing damage as well in the form of the, the lasers. But generally speaking, weight of dice is certainly where I look for my strippers. I would say that this is where sometimes like I think like the secondary roles come in. Um, I would say both the plasmas, as in Sun Fury and uh, plasma blast guns, are actually really good strippers as like a sec- in, a, in a secondary role. So... You know, if both the shots hit of a plasma, that's four saves. <laughs> that's actually that's not bad. Yeah, it's fine if you've got a blast weapon as long as it's not bl- you know you're not rolling one dice for that blast. Um, the Acastus, for instance, is another one which is a blast weapon, but actually it's it's pretty well if we ignore the fact that the missile pods and stuff are very good at taking out shields. They're, they're super vul- they're super vulgar mega bolters. Yeah, but the magma las <laughs> cannons are also you know I think it's puts yeah. it four dice. Which, Four dice blast, so it's potentially eight saves. Yeah, very good. Yeah, it's not on bad. the face on the face of it, it looks like a damage dealer, but actually, strip shields as well. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's with the secondary roll. So you got the the rippers tend to be the weapons which high strength for the punch that first hole, so you can then kill afterwards. So volcano cannons because they're strength on a warlord strength twelve. Most titans, as long as you're not rolling a one, you're doing at least two pips of damage. Uh, melter cannons, or oh, melt, not, no, not called, they're not called melter cannons, what are they called? They're called melter cannons? Yeah, they are, they are melter cannons. Uh, plasma blast guns are brilliant at this with maximal fire. My personal favourite, like on the wall, is the Sun Fury again, because it's, um, because it's strength 10 with the maximal, so 60 contention critical everything bar a warm master. It's actually where, let's say, so this, this is where I kind of go, I went doing a little tangent. This is where I personally, plasma blast, uh, Sun Fury, sorry are my favourite Warlord weapon, because I think it's one of the only weapons in the game that does all three rolls. Mm. Not necessarily the best at all three rolls, but it can. Like, you know, if you sh- if, if your first couple of turns and your Warlord shot and this opponent's still got shields up, you don't mind shooting a Sun Fury, not a Maximal, of course, to potentially make another four shield saves. Then if the shields are down, four strength, ten shots is really good. And then... Later on, when it's damaged, aiming with four shots doesn't feel too bad. Yeah, even at a minus two, you're going to be looking at getting two, three, one or two. yeah, one. Or, well, yeah, hopefully, hopefully two. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, as long as you and then strength ten, they've got a bit of damage on. Hopefully, it then does those finishing shots. It's where it's always been my favorite one. I've never, I've never been a massive fan of the volcanic cannon and the warlords. I've run, I've run them. Yeah, then they do damage, but I, m- I much prefer the Sun Fury for its versatility in in that respect. The volcano cannon has a place 
Um, I don't yeah. think you want to be taking. You know, I think we've spoken about this in the past as well. Like two two volcano cannons is a bad idea because you can't aim with blast weapons. So despite and, and you will be hot in a couple of turns, you're going to be yeah. really hot. So if if we look at my Extergamus maniple, um, again, I like to bang on about. I've got one loadout, which is um, volcano cannon on the left arm. It's got a sun fury on the right, and it's got gatlings Combo. on the carapace. And the way that I play that is that you obviously, as long as you, you've got the carapace at the top to strip shields, but say for instance yep. you are past the shield stripping phase, you fire your volcano cannon first. Um, you get two hits on a location at strength twelve, randomly um, random location. You know, hopefully you're going to be putting. You know, a fourteen is the minimum roll that you're going to be putting out there, which is, as Ben says, it's at least two pips. Likely, you're probably going to be adding a critical in there or two, unless it's another warlord. That's probably yeah. You probably you'd be still probably looking at four points of damage. Hopefully, maybe at least three. Yeah, I mean cer- certainly if you're kind of like looking at the warhounds, you know, it, it will rip a hole in a warhound. Mm. Uh, you can go maximal fire on your on your sun fury, and like I say, you could then choose to aim for that target. Sometimes it's worth not aiming if you're if you've hit the legs or you've hit the body, then there is a good percentage chance that you'll i think it's like a 33 percent chance i want to yes. say that you'll it's, it's, unless unless it's a war master it's a war master. Chance, yeah yeah um so you could choose to just hope that you land on the right one but like i say four dice minus two to hit you know you you're needing fives you're gonna get at least one so say you you put two four points of damage with that first hit on you might get another two from one hit, one lucky hit with a plasma sun fury, at which point you're probably going to be on plus two, plus three maybe, um, on the damage track. And at that point there, you've got these 12 dice worth of gatlings up top, which start at strength five, but all of a sudden are now strength eight. And you can pick up those 12 dice, call the the same location, take those minus twos, and all of a sudden you're kind of finishing that titan in one fell swoop. Uh, which way I said, like, again, the Gatlings are that perfect. They're stripper, but their secondary option is to be a finisher. Because they say once you've got that, once you're in that end of the track, and you, you just, even you just need to ping up a few times, they've got the rate of fire. They get the plus one to hit for aiming if you're in close range, which on the wall of carapaces can be a bit risky because obviously if you're too close, you can't shoot. But uh, like on a Gatling, on a Reaver arm, or if you're shooting another Warlord, you sh- obviously you're still okay. And then, yeah, say strength eight. That's enough. You just need to just for sheer weight of number, you can just ping those last few points of damage off. Yeah. The the one thing to say, like most finishers, you can normally tell a sorry, finish not finisher, sorry, most rippers, you can normally tell a ripper. A lot of rippers are blast. Now blast tends to be really bad for being a finisher because as Peaky says, you can't aim. You know, you you are on the location dice. And most of the times you see Titan like you see a game and you see like a Titan that's like right at the end of the track on the head and taking quite a bit of damage to the body and the legs are, you know, in the critical area. And so they've got all this damage spread out. It's probably because they've mostly been shot by blast weapons and they've just spread that damage out. And by taking a few weaker weapons that can aim, you could have, you know, you could focus that damage. Um, you know, you, you don't get any prizes for almost taking off the head and almost taking off the legs and then killing the body. You, you get prizes for just ripping one location completely off and killing the Titan. So um, the other one to go to Brawlers. Now, Brawlers is a piece that is it's just the close combat weapons, generally. 
I guess there's also actually saying there's probably like a fifth one now because I don't think like shock lances and Lurser's claws they don't really fit any of these, do they? Thinking about it, no, no, they're more kind of utility. So I I would put the mm. shock lance in the same kind of category as as almost not quite, but like like the Muri, it is the area denial, area control type weapon. I mean, mm. granted, with the Ursus claws you can do a lot of damage, but if it get if you get it off, mostly it's about moving those titans about and you know sometimes it's good to get those shots in just to pull somebody off of their firing line well with the shot class just shutting down if you shut down one titan that can be kind like yeah that can be a game-winning moment like a because their shields go but also they can't that's them not shooting back Oh, in the in the game that I had against Oliver against his Ignatum, he played sabotage on me and it shut down one of my warlords. Well, in an Extergamus Manipal, that's that is insanely good because all of a sudden mm. you've mitigated three loads of weapon fire. You know, it's three different weapons which have the potential of taking out a target a turn. That is incredibly good when you get that off. The problem there is you've got to get close. Yes. Yeah, but it's still twelve inches and it bypasses shields, which isn't bad. But um, yeah, so the brawl obviously we talked about cosmic weapons last episode, so I guess mostly followed that. But as I said in the last episode, brawlers kind of then go into the finishers because mo- unless you're a warlord, your odds of recharging a titan and just taking out one turn, unless you put a load of stratagems and a load of buffs in there. So unless you're Volper, probably you're probably not likely to kill a titan in one charge or one combat phase in combat. So. That's where combat. That's where combat can become really good. It's, it's where I I tend to use like my lancers to finish off titans I've already done some damage to. So like quite often my lancers won't charge for turn three or four, but if they run in and just like that titans you know that I've critical that titans legs and they just run in and do the last two points of two or three points of damage. That's fine. Yeah, you know, it's a free kill effectively in the movement phase. Obviously, obviously generalizations things like warhounds they can charge in and probably kill, but you know the bigger titans the titans you're more worried about. Uh, generally combat you need to kind of focus on a bit. The exception being the Warlord. If you ever get the Warlord into combat it's a strength 12 weapon that auto targets. It's it does damage. It's For every much I say I don't rate Warlord close combat weapons, that's only because I don't rate the odds on you getting it there. If you do get it there, oh my god it's worth it. I've been um, toying with the idea and I might play test it on just sticking one fist on one of my Warlords just because I always find myself right up close against somebody, and I just want to see how it works. To be honest, like I mean, it would stop anyone from coming within eight inches of that warlord. <laughs> yeah, stick him <laughs> in the middle. Stick him in the middle, and just get ready for him to be pushing his reactors to try and get where he needs to. I guess, but um, I want to try it out anyway. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'd be losing a weapon on an extergamus maniple, which can't use can't can't use the the maniple ability. But I think it, as a deterrent, sometimes just having a power weapon, a power fist, a chain fist, is a big deterrent to keep somebody away from that particular Titan. It's yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those. It's one of those options where it can. It, you could re- like if you charge. If you manage to charge. I mean, if you charge a warhound, it is pretty much toast. If you charge a reaver, it, it, it's in, you know it's going to be in trouble. But Without warp displacement or other things to speed you up, the plus two for you get for traitors, yeah, yeah, the plus you get for traitors like a storm uh, with their plus two for the first couple of turns. Uh, like when I first 
played Astorum, I did use I did actually take a power fist on my warlord a couple of times the first couple of times. And it wasn't great, but because I could get sixteen inches up the board in the first two turns, the threat was quite real from it. And you might go, Oh, it's only four extra inches. Well actually when you when you move when it moves unboosted four inches a turn, that's an extra turn's movement I've gained for just being me. Um and then experiment experimental locomotives could help with that as well. Yeah. But yeah, generally, yeah, this is critical weapons. They get to aim. So again, if you have caused damage, that's where they're great finishers. If, if you've managed to like damage the body on a reaver, then you charge in. It just increases your odds on action. Even if you're not at the end of the track, it increases your odds of being able to kill it on that charge, which is kind of what you want to do. Yeah. Um, I don't think then then finishes though. We're, although we kind of covered Volkai, I don't think we're going to talk too much about Volkai in this one because. We've not played with them yet. We've not seen them in action yet. So I think there's a, <clears throat> although we've, I think we've got a very good idea on how they're going to play out. I think we do need to, you know, see it in action kind of first. So, uh, the, I guess I'll go on the finishes. So I was talking about Microsoft experiences. So the current, my favorite uh, loadout I'm taking my Reavers is Vulcan Megavolta on top, Gatling, and then a Melter Cannon for the arms. Now, what this basically does is the, I've got, Two weapons that can strip shields and do a very good job stripping shields. So even like warlords, if they see a Vulcan Megabolt and a Gatling, it, it does really threaten the shields. It also means that that Titan can kind of do the job by itself. I don't. It doesn't need support. Then once the shields are down, the Melter hits. Now as long as you're not fighting against a warlord, which you know, if you've got a Reaver, a Reaver versus a warlord, you're probably an uphill battle anyway. The the melter can do enough damage, and the Gatlings and the Vulcan Megabolter can can aim and can basically become strippers and then finishers, and then the melter does most of the damage. Um, I have got the advantage though. I'm playing. I don't want to go too much into Legion specific rules, but because I'm playing Sergius, the downsides of blasters are far less for me, because um, obviously I get to reroll the location dice if I hit at long range, and even if I'm not at long range, I'm in close range of my melter. Well, that's I'm now rolling two d10 if I hit. For the damage, so I'm probably causing two critical hits or at least two devastating hits. So, that, so um, that's kind of how I've been setting those up. Uh, Warhounds War again, the the, you, the what I call tournament pattern, quote unquote, which is plasma blast gun Vulcan megabolter. Basically, the same principle. Uh, or as we already talked about, plasma blast guns are actually quite a good stripper. They're not as good as Vulcan megabolter, but they're not bad. And then once the shields are down, they just the damage they can do with um, potentially four hits on one location, strength 10, four dice, um, you know, that, that, that can really punish. And then, again, if the shield's already down, the Vulcan Megabolter can then aim and finish that Titan. And then if you're coupling that as well with, you know, getting around the sides or getting around the rear, you're getting, you know, you're, even the lowly Vulcan Megabolter at strength four can soon find itself strength eight or, yeah. pl- or more. Oh, or the one I'd loved for a while, which is something I do want to get back to at some point, is uh, Ferox, because that plus one again. <laughs> so you could be on the strength nine Vulcan Megabolter, aiming for a location with exploding sixes and plus one to hit for short range. It does it. That's going to chew through Titans pretty quickly. You're assuming, but with the strength nine, you're hitting either the rear or you're hitting a pre-damaged um, area with which is on a plus. Oh strength. yeah. Just to clarify, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm shooting. I'm, I'm shooting the if you're Ferox and you're eight it, whatever, like six eight inches, the plasma should have blasted a pretty damn big hole through the side of them. Mm. You'd hope. You'd hope. Yeah. You'd hope. Um, 
I guess one of the other things to talk about, which is again kind of hit on last episode with the Quake, one of those that like Quake Cannon, is you kind of also want a Titan that that um, does the weapons kind of the weapons uh, synergize synergize well. So again, this is the one of the other reasons why when we talk about quote unquote tournament pattern with the Warhound, uh, Vulcan Mega Bolters and Plasmas work really well because they've both got the same short range. They both get effectively kind of a plus one to hit at short range because the plasma is minus one at long range, no minus at short range, and the Vulcan Megabolt gets obviously gets the plus one at short range. So when they get within that eight inch bubble, they're, they're really accurate, putting out a lot of firepower. Um, that's again the other reason why the melt was when I talk about my Reaver with the Vulcan Megabolt, the Gatling, and the uh, Melter is they all want to be close. So they all work really well, and they're all kind of in that 20 to 24-inch long range. Uh, so what I'd see sometimes people take, and I'm not saying this is wrong, I'm just saying I don't think it's the best way of running it, is like a reeve of a volcano cannon, a Gatling, and uh, and a Vulcan Megabolt or some of that, because the, vo- the, the, the volcano cannon doesn't care what range you're shooting at. It's 100, I think it's 120-inch range on the Reva one, off the top of my head. It's got a pretty damn long range, and it gets no minus to hit or plus to hit at long or short range. It doesn't care. So you kind of it, it's what it's actually something I'm going to have an experiment with at some point. Um, uh, Martin, the God Engine cast, he's he's run this. Is a reaver of two volcano cannons and missiles. Sixty inch range, by the way. Sorry. Sixty inch range. Six sixty inch range. But it's basically the whole table. Yeah, and and it's no minus or plus. So you can be one inch away, maybe not one inch away, but you, know, you can be three inches away, you can be 60 inches away, it makes no difference. Um, so that kind of synergizes as well. But then the problem I find with Volcano Cannons is there's what other, especially on Reavers, what, they haven't got many other weapons which can kind of go on the other arm if you don't want the second Volcano Cannon. Because a laser is probably the next best one, but that's still only range 32, and it's minus one at long range. The uh, Laser Blaster... So that's kind of, I mean, it kind of synergizes, but also kind of doesn't, because that minus one actually is pretty, is, it doesn't sound like much, but it's actually pretty critical at points. I think going to back to what um, I think Zach from Goonhammer mentioned this, a lot of the game generally happens around about 12 inches. That's where mm. most of the game happens is, is in that 12 inch area. And this is why I struggle with things like, or, and mainly why I, I dropped down to one Mori on my um, Warlords was because that gets a minus one under 24 inches. Now, keeping your opponent further than 24 inches for the whole game is not going to happen. And and obviously, with the Mori, you need to be bypassing their shields to actually get the main effect. So not only do you need to keep them at range, but they need to have had their shields stripped at range. Yeah. Um, a lot of the favoured war, um, war gear patterns, sorry, not war gear, uh, uh, loadout patterns you'll see, uh, or the preferred loadout patterns, tend to be hitting around those sort of 24 inches. Um, the, the classic, I mean, we've used the term brawler to mean close combat, um, hitting people in the face brawling, but the brawler pattern warlord, which people often talk about, is macro gatling, um, gatlings up on the carapace and sun fury. And again, mm. that's exactly the same as what you mentioned about the, the warhound. Um, it synergizes well. Everything's 24 inches. Um, you've got strength 8 slash 10, strength 7, and strength 5. So you've got good all-round um, strength values there for stripping, for finishing, for um, ripping. 
it's a good all-round pattern it's not gonna it doesn't really kind of do one thing exceptionally well but it can do everything um decently i don't know if you put that in front of a reaver or warhound they're gonna you're gonna shred them okay yeah so basically it's not (laughs) gonna do that to another warhound um but no no on a warlord off it's probably slightly weaker but against almost everything else it is it it you know it can you know if you, once the shields are down they're pretty much dead. I, and you know combine that with the exp, experimental overcharged cannon. Um, hmm. If if you've got one warlord and he's got a plasma gun, take overcharged cannon. All of a sudden that becomes ten slash twelve, and then you're laughing. Really, you've got this uh, something the strength of a um, bellicosa, but can aim as well. And um, yeah. yeah, it's yes. And and I was say that's 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 like my favorite warlord kind of pattern. Uh, there is synergy. The, the warlord's probably the one that's got the most synergy with other weapons, though, because you can also do a long range one with a Mori, a volcano cannon, and, and missiles. So they've all got long range, so they can kind of sit sit further back. And um, I say it just it just synergizes better. I mean, you you can you can take missiles on a war, on a warlord and get within twenty inches. But you know, there's no downside to it really it's still 10 shots the gatling probably is better at that point but at least gives you that flexibility that you could probably start from long range and as you're getting you could slowly get closer i I would also say guys i think something that might affect us any advice we give at the moment we're basically mostly playing open war missions now which are far more objective based than the match play missions in the rulebook and i think so i'm i'm really focusing now on I need to be able to take objectives, which involves getting close. You can't take an objective standing in your own deployment area, which is where I don't. I think longer range weapons are definitely becoming less favourable for us. I would say. Yeah, no, I would agree. And the thing is, is if you know that everything on on that particular Titan is twenty four inches, and you know you're not going to be out of twenty four inches, well, that just removes one element of the game, and you can focus on doing something else. So that's the hmm. turn that you full stride to maximize your next turn whereas if you've got a titan loadout which is kind of like a bit of both and you've got one weapon that can fire at long range and the and everything else is out then you're you're probably not maximi- maximizing your activations especially if one of them happens to you know be a negative at short range and the the other ones are positives at short range um by the time you get into an effective range of one you're kind of out of the effective range of the other I think that it kind of also marries up with the one of the biggest mistakes I see like beginners players like they have their warlord with the missiles and they'll first fire on turn one and yes in the first movement phase they'll get some shooting but then everyone just moves out the arcs or moves behind cover and then all of a sudden so yeah you've got that you know you've you've given up your movement and then you're probably not shooting again that turn anyway because people are just going to hide from you and then you've got the repair phase anyway yeah yeah first first i never get first except for quake cannons at nights i never get i never tend to get first turn first fire just i just find it really odd but in the game of maneuver let's give up maneuvering turn one but that's a different conversation for talking about um what's it um for talking about uh, orders so so i think yeah i think we, if we quickly kind of go through I, I guess the common layouts for each kind of chassis just yeah. kind of rounding off there. So, I mean, the Warhounds, I would say the Warhounds pretty simple. It's not so simple anymore. They've added three weapons, which I always forget about. But as we've already said, two of them are kind of utility and one of them's brand new. Um, and I think you probably get our feelings about it from the conversation in Act 1. Um, but 
really there's kind of uh actually there's probably four or five common layouts so uh just to go over quickly double inferno cannons not a bad combo obviously i I would never take Inferno Cannons without being a pair. Uh, some people might disagree with this, but I think if you're going to take an Inferno Cannon, you want to get close, and you've got a particular job in mind, either killing knights or, you know, uh, finishing off Titans without shields. Well, not even finishing off, because you can't aim. Um, Inferno Cannons aren't bad strippers, because it's free automatic hits, so you know you know what it's doing, if you know what I mean. You know, it, it's consistent. It's always doing free hits. Yeah, auto hits, template yeah. weapon, yeah, and 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 free strength seven hits, auto hits isn't bad. Probably you want to be a ferox, get the plus one. You probably want to be hitting them in the side. You probably want that warhound to not to be hitting until the shields are down. Would I'd guess, but then you can't aim. It, I I really like inferno cannons, but it's hard to justify them. Really, unfortunately, sometimes. Um. As we've already talked about, you talk about double Vulcan Mega Bolters, that's like the ultimate stripper. But also, it's really good for targeting weapons once shields are down. That's something that a lot of people forget about, I think. Mm. People just got, kind of get fixated on doing the damage where, you know, I mean, you're rolling six dice with exploding sixes, you know, and if it may only be strength four, but you know, if that weapon is, t- you know, armor 10, you, you're rolling yeah. enough dice that you might as well try, try it. It basically needs to be a warlord that you can't then can't hurt the weapons. But again, on the flank you can. It's the amount of times like my melter once I've, the shields come down on my reavers, my melter's not done any damage. I've just got to find our Vulcan Mega Bolter and Gatling your uh, your weapons off them. If I take one or two of them out, that's a lot less firepower, and that's now something else you've got to think about repairing, mm. which is I think a really common thing. I know some people don't like aiming for weapons; they don't think they think it's a bit gamey, but I would say it's. You know, there's a. Is it gamey though? I, I mean, I don't think it is personally. I, it's personal preference. I mean, it can be quite frustrating having a Titan who's got no weapons because you're blowing them all off and now you've got to fix them all. And it can get a bit annoying, but at the same time, I think I quite I think, I think it's a valid tactic. I also think it's quite narrative. Hmm. You know, I mean, what do what do warhounds do? Like they stalk their prey, right? They're not going to yeah. win in the face in a straight up fight. Of course, they target weapons. I, I personally like it. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's fine. We've obviously we've we've really talked about the volcano cannon, no volcano cannon, <laughs> volcano cannon reeve on a on a warhound. Oh my god! <laughs> now to ask you for trouble. We've really talked about Vulcan mega bolters and plasmas. The other one which I do like, which is actually the warhound I'm currently painting up, is double plasma. It's a bit risky, but oh, the damage that can put out that can. Re- even warlords look at that and go. Mm. <laughs> I mean, even if you maximal fire one and not the other, yeah, you know it's like, and you don't maximal fire either of them for stripping shields. That's eight shield shield hits potentially. It it's still it's 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 pretty good. It is pretty good, and um, I I wouldn't have all of them equipped like that. But if you're running like a mana pool that's got three or four warhounds, um, I've seen a big strong argument that. If you have one with double volcano cannons and one with double plasmas, that's better than Vulcan Mega Bolters, you mean, not volcano sorry. cannons. Sorry, yeah, well like you said, sorry. <laughs> the next the next cast recording straight after this is gonna be fun as I'm <laughs> getting tired already. So yeah. One with double Vul- double Vulcan Mega Bolters, because one isn't normally enough to strip shields, but two to two probably is. And then the plasmas can double up. 
So you're not having, you know, you're not doing like Volca Megabolter plasma to get some shields down, Volca Megabolter to finally get the shields down, then the last plasma. Yeah. You can go Vulcan, Vulcan, your shields are down. And even if you don't get the shields down, well, fine, I'll still fire the plasma. You haven't lost anything, but you potentially have gained a lot more potential damage. Yeah. Um, the last one is the turbo lasers, which uh, I they're great because of shield bane, but they're on the wrong titan for shield bane. <laughs> And this goes back to why I say that they should put Shield Bane on the Volkite for the uh, yeah for the Warhound. I mean, at the end of the day, I guess if if you want to be hitting at strength eight, like you're going to be with two shots, surely you just take the plasma gun. That's the thing. The problem with it is, I mean, yes, you can aim. That's one advantage. It's probably, I would argue, it's actually worse than stripping shields, even with Shield Bane, than the plasma because if the plasma hits with both of them, that's four saves. I'd rather see four saves on something than two potential saves, even with the minus one. There's little things which interact with that, right? If somebody gets a, a um, hit with two dice, shield bane, they're, they're going to look at that and probably think, you know, four up, two dice, I'll use one shield. Okay, fine. But then somebody gets yeah. hit with like six Vulcan Megabolter hits or four potential uh, shield saves from a plasma gun they're probably also going to be thinking oh actually this is something that maybe i want to push my reactor for mm. and you're forcing that dice roll again um from your opponent which you know if that reactor keeps going up and up and they get unlucky yeah that has potential as well so i, I would rather be making my opponent think about pushing their reactor than you know, maybe getting one minus, getting two dice at minus one to their shields. Having said that, there is a couple of lists, though, where I do think the Turbo Laser could be worth taking. I never got to run it, but I always had the idea of my Mortis. Now, Mortis, they get an upgrade where you can ignore draining for one turn, for the first turn you fire, so then the lasers don't cost you anything. If you take the... Which one? Which mana pool is it? Two Warlords, three Reavers, they get some Earth Shields. Vegier. Vegier, thank you. You want to hang back with the Warlords, which then means you're reducing your... You're not as, you know, you're not getting as far forward, which then means your shorter-range weapons aren't as... Potentially as good for the first couple of turns. So having a couple having a couple laser shots at the back with Shield Bane, maybe to strip a shield for them before the Warlord goes in. It's not actually... I think there's there's argument for it there. I just... It's just hard to recommend. I don't know. I just struggle to recommend the lasers. The biggest problem is to get the most out of it, you've got to push your Warhounds reactor. I think the biggest problem with it is the weapon is not a stripper because it doesn't do enough shots. It's not a ripper because it's not strong enough. And it's not a finisher because it doesn't have enough shots to aim really to read to aim consistently. So it kind of doesn't do any of the free rolls well. It's kind of that classic jack of all trades, master of none, because strength eight's not a bad strength, but strength eight probably is that cusp where Strength 9, strength 10, you start doing some good damage. Strength 8, you, you need the damage to be there already. But if you, as you, we've already talked about the... Um, the oh, no, different... Uh, well, even a Gatling on a on a uh, Reaver. So you're getting six shots of strength 5. That I'd rather have that than two shots of strength 8. So Yeah, I mean, you, you need a 4 or a 5, don't you, to even do a point of damage on most most Titans. No, uh, it'd be two up on a if you hit the right location on a Warhound or on a or a Reaver. Maybe a three up on a Reaver. You're thinking of Warlords fighting bigger things, yeah. It's it's a big jump into that. Yeah. 
But but even so, again, plasma can be strength ten. I think we're probably saying the, the problem. The problem with the, the the warhound is I don't think any of the weapons are bad. It's just bulk and mega bolters and plasmas are probably just a little bit better than everything else for their points. Unfortunately, yeah. On a points for points basis, they outperform. Yeah. Obviously, you're you know going going back to the inferno guns like they obviously. You know, if, you, if you're running that on an Ignis, for instance, then of course mm. you're going to be taking that load out, and there's some fun interactions with the Ignis Marple. Um, but yeah, I think generally speaking, the loadouts that I see and the loadouts that I take, I, I don't take everything. I mean, there's an argument to say you just take everything Vulcan Megabolt or Plasma Blast Gun. It would be a bit dull, I think. I, I It is. It is. I, I would take most like that, but if I was taking three, I would I would probably do, well, depending on the Maniple, um, if I was if I was taking a lupical maniple of of five, I would probably take three um with plasma gun, Vulcan Megabolter, one which was all Vulcan Megabolter, and one which was maybe Vulcan Megabolter and a laser, maybe. Then that point yeah. I might take one. Yeah, it, that is the issue, because you do want you do want to mix up the weapons, you do want to see them, but as you say, it's it's um it's a hard sell, unfortunately. Although I said, I do think you should paint up some shot glances for your old axe. Yeah, I, I've I've actually got a few spare. It's just getting the time to return back to uh, to old axe again. Yeah, I know the feeling. So next up to Reaver, where I think the Reaver has the most potential specialization because you can do so much with it. Because it's really the only com- title we talked talk about in the last cast, which can do combat. So that gives you two weapons there. Plus also the Gatling's great for stripping. The the laser on the reaver is actually not bad because it's got the reactor that can take the um, take the strain of draining with, with additional shots. Yeah. With additional shots, again we have to talk about minus one at long range, but sixteen inches. To most games are fought within that twelve inch bubble, so sixteen inches is fine. There's no minus one within sixteen inches. You've got the melter, which uh, might be one of the best weapons in the game, especially up close. It gives you a lot of versatility. It's really strong. No heat on it, which I love. Yeah. You then you've then got the Gatling, which is one of the best strippers in the game. Um am I missing an arm weapon? Oh Volcano Cannon. Volcano Cannon's not bad at range. Uh you know, it has some uses. I I do worry about it, but I say I do also think one sitting at the back, which is again something I'm gonna experiment with soon. So one with two volcano cannons and missiles. I don't think I don't think that's dreadful. It's um, especially like in a corsair where you can reposition fairly easily. You use it as a support platform, long range hmm. fire support, covering the advance of the people who are a bit more close range. I, I like to say I think there's a, there's definite use for having one as a as a ripper. You know, what is it? Strength ten, I think it is the yeah. yeah that's their strength ten. Strength ten, small blast. Yeah. They're strength eleven. I I think there would be a lot more of an argument for them, but um, the melter does unfortunately outshine them a little bit, which is it's a shame. But they because the melter doesn't have heat, because the melter does d10 damage at short range, so it's, it's not more consistent. It is it is that little bit better, um, but that doesn't mean it, that doesn't mean that, Compared to the Warhound, where we're like trying to justify some of the weapons, <laughs> it's there's no weapon here I feel I need to justify. They're all good. They yeah. all have a role. I remember what I was going to say now quickly. Just jump back. I do. I, you know one thing I'd love to see on the Inferno cannon to make it worth taking. If you hit a Titan, as in you bypass each other, you don't do any damage. 
it does one heat. Mm, that makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah, because you're heating up, and I think that would then give it something, which then means, yeah, you might not do the damage, but if both of them hit, well, that's now two extra heat on that Titan. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's, that's definitely something to think about. So something I, I love, I would love to see, like, the what's the rule for the Tempest? Infernus rule, whatever it is. That's what I would like to... Firestorm, that's the rule. I'd like to see fire, that's what I'd love to see added to Firestorm, potentially. Hmm. Might be a bit good on the night. It might be a bit good on the night, so it might need to be something on the just on the uh, the Reaver one, uh, Warhammer one. I think the one that happened on the Reavers, which um, was the only one that didn't really see play, because like you can kind of like most of the carapace weapons are, have their uses. Like I say, Vulcan Megabolt hmm. is probably the one that shines, but the lasers on the carapace are pretty good. Um, because you know, it's, cause it's on the right weapon, it's on the right chassis to be good. That's the yeah. difference. Yeah, it's. Yeah. You, you, it's not fifty percent or hundred percent of your loadout. It's a support, yeah. Um, yeah, weapon for what it's carrying. Um, and and often I, I I see often a mix. Like there'll be a, an APOC or two. There'll be some Vulcan Megabolters on the short range stuff. There'll be a laser. Like I very rarely see everybody just take um, Vulcans or just take APOCs. Um, but the one which doesn't see a lot of play is of course the um, warp missile. Now, I think this is partly because it's a forward weapon, I, I think, has an impact on there. And also, I think until recently, really, you need to take, like, three of them or so because of the way the rule works, where there's a critical hit if it hits the location. It was it's a, it's a lot of work to potentially not do much. Now, of course, Vortex is in if you're loyalist. I think we might see them a bit more as Vortex missiles. They've swung. And I think they've swung too far. I I do as well. I think it's something I'd like to see adjusted slightly. Um, I mean, obviously, I've, I've painted three up for my Reavers. I've never used it, but I don't know. I just think that would be... I kind of want to try it out, but also I don't want to go down the games club. We set up our models, and it potentially is a very brutal quick game, and then we don't have necessarily time for another game. So yeah. I, think, I think a limited number of them on the on the board is probably fine like they're supposed to be this archaeotech that's just yeah super rare so like one in the mana pool makes sense but if you've got five like it's no fun i, I think i think it should be princeps only personally because i think you're only giving it to the you know i'm sorry princeps in norris only you're only giving it to the experienced guys because they are meant to be rare not being able to have five in a corsair mana pool yeah <laughs> so but if it doesn't work, you are a weapon down for the whole game, which is why I, why I think warp missiles you don't see much because yeah. if it doesn't hit, if it doesn't work, well now you're down to two guns. Yeah. Whereas the vortex is like okay, it's it might not work, but it has the potential to be game winning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the the potential upside is, you I mean you can kill a titan in one hit, which is mm-hmm. bonkers. So. Uh, we're talking. I know you talk about one with double Gatling. I have seen double Gatling Reavers a couple of times, and outside of a Ferox, they have been a little underwhelming. Because it's the strength five. Once you're through the shields, you're not doing much damage, uh, especially like to even to another uh, Reaver. You're relying on another Titan to do the work for you, and then you finish. Yeah. Like I think this is why some of the certain loadouts work because I think the moment that you specialize a Titan's chassis too much you run the risk of that becoming a target that when it's eliminated or or when it's you know um 
counterpart is eliminated, which is supposed to work in tandem to that you, you yeah. basically are struggling and it's an uphill battle from there. In, in fact, I played a game against George and he tried it because he, for he, in his head, it was strength six, which would, would make it a bit better. The double Gatling and Vulcan Megavolta. And I mean, the Titan shot at had no shields the entire game. It very much was like, um, uh, I don't even watch Blackadder season one where he he comes to the Archbishop of Canterbury and he's getting punished and he has no re- he's getting whipped he doesn't realise <laughs> because it doesn't hurt so little it very much was like that it was I was fighting the rest of his army and this is one reaver like chipping <laughs> like yeah yeah like oh, oh you've, you've chipped my pain work how dare you <laughs> it's um again there, there are ways it could be good a ferox on the flank you know strength seven that you know, twelve strength seven shots. That's not to be sniffed at unless you're a warlord or a uh, warbringer. Uh, not warbringer, war master. It it's kind of like the opposite of what we said about the war master. Whereas if you take a, in 1750, it needs the Vulcan mega bolters to be able to strip shields. The reaver just needs one gun at least that can do some damage. I think the thing that we've neglected to talk over though about the gatlings, which is why hmm. I think we rate them quite so highly it, as finishers, is the ordnance trait. Um, oh yes, that's a very good point. Yeah, we uh, I think we we I don't think we've mentioned that yet. But the no, ordnance trait there. allows you to re-roll once. So mm. if you've got six dice and you're trying to hit on fives to pick out a, a location, say for instance, probably fours because it's plus one at short range. Yeah. Okay. Fours. Yeah. Um. You know, three dice hit, then you're re-rolling yeah. once. Like your your yeah. potential to cause damage, even though you're relatively low strength. You're, you've got a better chance to be hitting those high dice rolls. So that's one of the mm. reasons why we we do like um, the Gatling as much as we do. In, in particular, I do love the Macro Gatling, but even, even the Reaver Gatlings are still pokey. It's even better. Obviously, it's even better than on the Macro Gatling. It's, uh, ordnance is actually the one of my favourite rules you don't get to see very often, unfortunately. Uh, which I don't necessarily disagree, because I think it was on too many things, I think it becomes too good. Hmm. Yeah, but it's a very it's a very strong rule. It it gives it the place like you you could look at the stat line of Vulcan Megabolter and the Gatling and think actually there's not much in it. You know, one is slightly shorter range, but you know you're hitting more. The other one is slightly longer range with a plus one extra strength. But it's the traits which kind of really separate yeah. the two of them out. Um, you know, if you're rolling six dice, um, I think I think you're guaranteed. I th- can't remember the exact stats i think goonhammer worked this out but i think it was something along the lines of on an average roll you're going to be getting five hits out of, or, mm. or six hits out of on a three up you're going to be getting like five hits i think um with the vulcan megabolt i think it's with the vulcan megabolt yeah. yeah so you know the rapid uh trait lends itself to getting the hits in whereas the gatling has ordnance and you're not getting those extra to hits maybe but it's helping you on the armor roll, so they're almost like mm. two sides of the same coin. Hmm. And, and so, yeah, so that, that, and that's why the the Gatling does fill that role perfectly of stripping and then finishing. Um, I guess we, it was good to reveal like, the build. So we should talk about the one I take, which I would say is probably like your classic close support reaver. It can it can look after itself very well, and I tend to I do tend to pair them up still. Um, I do tend to try to have one with a laser because the 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 Gatling, especially against like warlords, needs the the melter to have, like probably done two devastating hits to be able, at least to be able to to get to that plus one. Whereas um, 
the lasers don't don't need that bone benefit, so they can aim for the same location that hopefully the melter the melters hit. Uh, so, so yeah, probably the, the the classic ones there is they say Vulcan Megabolt on top with the Gatling or laser, and then Melton, and that's why I tend to pair pair them. Um, I kind of already talked about what what is the rifleman with two volcano cannons and missiles because they all synergize as well. They're all long range. It's a all these range sixty, and the missiles getting plus one to hit over thirty. So that's a good sitting at the back kind of as a peaky said support titan. The the awkward one, which I can I never work out what's good enough, is when you add a close combat weapon in, because I never know what you want the other weapon to be. Because in my head, if you go, well, if you get shield stripping, what's the point? You're about to punch them in combat. But you also need to do damage for the close combat weapon to hit, so you kind of want to melt it, but then have you got enough stripping? I, I guess it depends on what the rest of your force is set up to be doing. If you have mm. one lone close combat reaver, it would make sense to me that you stick on a Gatling or something and use it to strip shields on its way in. But you're probably going to be full striding it to get into yeah. close combat. Anyway, so your shooting is actually not going to be that great. But, I mean, the other option is you just go all out and go chain fist, power fist, mm. and, and just be a massive target um for the enemy to shoot you down because they know it's going to hurt as soon as you get into close combat distraction card effects yeah yeah it's you're you're going to be i don't know i think that's i think it's a relatively well it's not too i think it's 20 points isn't it for a yeah 20 points for a power fist or a chain fist so it's not it's one of the cheaper loadouts but like I say, if you if that the entire point of for that is to get into close combat, you're going to be full striding at any opportunity. The mm-hmm. only time that you're not going to be um, you, that you're going to be shooting is if you haven't managed to get your full stride off in yeah. the um, in the stratagem phase. So yeah, I, I guess you either just go all out close combat, or like I say, my my gut would be going for for a Gatling. That in the in the the event that you don't get to move, you can at least wither some shields for the rest of your guys to start doing damage against. Um, the Gatling also, like let's say you ran in with your chain fist and did some damage, the Gatling can then aim for the what you've hit with the chain fist for as well in combat. Yeah. And the plus yeah. one to hit will counter the might the fact using weapon skill rather than ballistic skill, so you're hitting less with that. Yeah. Um, I guess the other one to so. We're talking about the double Gatling Vulcan Megabolter. One that could be good is a Gatling laser Vulcan Megabolter. Because mm-hmm. the laser can still do the shield stripping with um, the, the triple laser, the blaster. Because it'll do triple, uh, shield stripping with uh, shield bane. So poten- you know, potentially that could tip you over the edge easier to get down to the... Uh, <laughs> the difference between a 4-up save and a 5-up save is quite big. Yeah, in that respects, and it, but it still has enough punch. The laser has enough punch that you could at least shoot a reaver or a warhound uh, fairly successfully afterwards. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It's um, but yeah, so, so the reaver. There's a lot. It's kind of hard to kind of do like general things with reavers. Uh, again, it kind of depends on the mana pool a lot more. The reaver. So I've kind of talked about earlier in the cast with the venator. I, I mean, I've got a melter on because that's kind of my thing with Sergius. But I feel like the Melter on a on a um, a uh, the Venator Venator because you're not you're not pushing your reactor every time you fire and you hope hopefully you're potentially going to fire that Melter three times a turn potentially and if that's a volcano cannon that's a lot of heat you're taking yeah whereas um, 
So yeah, yeah. So so that that's like the role role for them there. Obviously, the downside that is you've got to get close to use the melter cannon, and that reaver is going to be one of the most prime targets because if they kill that, it makes the two warhounds less effective. So yeah, I've, I think that's mostly covered. Reaver, anything we missed really? I don't think so. I mean, like just to go back to the the the, the terms that we use, then your 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 melter gun gatling that would be your that would be kind of like filling the stripper slash ripper um role and finish with the gatling as well so it, that, that's what that's what i mean it's a self-contained but it's a self-contained bubble yeah um whereas you kind of like um you, you i think you called it a rifleman earlier on with mm. the two volcano cannons you know you're only really going to be ripping with that you're not yes. going to strip shields you, you're going to be in alpha strike on well two randomly rolled locations because it's two separate weapons but um that one they also be quite good to go on split fire yeah so essentially like let you know like turn to lots of shields are down one volcanic cannon that way Vaughn volcanic cannon that way and then maybe and maybe the volcano the uh apocalypse missile launcher aiming at another titan can you aim it free with split fire i might i don't know don't know. anyway the vol- essentially the apocalypse missile answer hitting one of the other titans aiming for something yeah I, i'm a big fan of um not over specializing and i like those type of titans which can do a bit of everything and can do a bit of everything well um the only time i'd ever really the only time i really overly specialize is like for instance if I, like extergamus often struggle to take down shields so you mm. take a dedicated stripper in the form of a warhound to go with it but um i think that's why you know, your melter gun gatling combo is good. I think that's why your as we talked about earlier on, your macro gatling plasma and carapace gatling combination is good. You know, it's it's those things which can do everything well. Army of one. Yeah. You you aren't reliant on other things to do work for you because the moment that you do that, then you are painting a target for your if you're playing a savvy opponent he'll see exactly how your titans are set up and go okay well if i take care of that one then he's not going to do any damage it's why the foot my target number one against the generally against like a surgeon's mana pool is kill the warhound because then it makes the warlord's jobs that much harder and they might have to shoot weapons which aren't as great as stripping shields to strip shields um, also, it's an easier kill and activation advantage, but that's a, another another thing on that that front. Um, I guess the the warlords. Um, so we've kind of really touched on it. Really, there's the generally I so say there's generally the two types of builds, which is the long range what long range of volcano cannon, gap, uh, quake, and missiles. Which um, you know, it's quite good. I, that's why I do quite like the quake. If, you, if not as the the main warlord, but as like a secondary warlord because it's not pushing a reactor like the volcano is. It can still do some. You can have some useful side effects, um, and especially like if you're trying to do an injector-based game, trying to slow down other titans, that can be quite useful. And then we talk about like the brawler with say Peter talked about the, with all the gatlings and the plasma. I would also though, as, and again, you kind of mentioned this: the volcano cannon and plasma. I still think it's a really good combo because that because that volcano cannon can really punch a hole, which then the plasma can just can just run again the carapace can finish off i think the big thing about warlords is you need to be especially now that you can gyroscopes are 
like almost an auto take now to get the mm. most out of them, especially not, not so much long range ones. Like right. if you're looking at your warlord, uh, your um, Mori volcano cannon apocalypse missile launcher, that's not really a problem. You know, you you effectively activate it last, and you choose the target you're going to shoot at and line it up, and you know, Bob's your uncle. But your close range titans, they they need to be bringing as many of their weapons to bear, and the gyrus um, stabilizers are um, make them basically an auto take, um, being able to. Um, shoot those carapace gatlings or vulcan mega bolters um or even lasers outside of the corridor arc is is a huge huge advantage and especially when you're putting things on split fire like again it just opens up more targets that you can you can select and try and minimize the disadvantage that you normally have with a warlord in, in that it can be quite predictable and it removes the ability of your opponent to dance around your fire arcs. Um, yes, um, yeah, the, yeah, that is one of the things of the warlords, the carapace weapons. Which um, I should remember the game first came out. There was a lot of debate about how much. So people saying, "Well, warlords worth it because of corridor." I always thought they were, but um, depending on how you use it, but depending on how you use it, and I think that's why I'm a very strong proponent of just move your warlord last, make sure it can shoot something. Uh, I try to think. Is any other? Any other weapon ones worth mentioning of the warlord? My brain's got dead. Is there, there's a, is there a fourth weapon? There is a fourth Close weapon. weapons. Because combat weapons, I still, yeah, still not a fan. Uh, I guess and, can, and, and now the new Volkite, of course. Yeah, which I do don't think I think can be pretty good on the warlord. Um, I think it has got some play, as we talked about earlier. I guess quickly hit on the other carapace weapons. Obviously, missiles are amazing at long range, ten dice. The Gatlings. Great at that kind of mid range. Don't necessarily discount the Vulcan Mega Bolters on top because um, the, it's nice, it's, it's super cheap, still great at stripping shields as ever. I just think on a Warlord, I prefer the Gatling because I want the Warlords to do the damage. I'd rather pay a couple extra points for that Strength 5 over the extra over Rapid and Ordnance. And, and then you got the uh, then you got then you get the lasers. So I, don't know, I swing back and forth. I used to really like the laser blast on top six shots, shield bane. But that the minus one did start bugging me after a while. The alternative you have there, of course, is you could take the laser destructors, which are four dice, and you're not taking the minus. The problem is I've never bought them, partly because you get the plastic lasers in the boxes. And I don't know. I've, I've played with them once, and... It comes back to the same problem, I think, that we, we spoke about earlier on with turbo lasers. I mean, obviously, you're going to hit better because there's no minus. It's good range, <laughs> fine, but four dice. Yeah. It's just, it's not really enough. Although you've obviously got the, the reactor on the Warlord to be able to basically always take that um, shield bane. It's just, for the points, I think I'd rather have Apocalypse missile launches if I wanted something long range. Um, yeah. The thing which you didn't mention as well, but obviously with the Apocalypse missile launcher, you've got barrage, which minus two to shoot something out of line of sight. But if it's over, what's its long range? Twenty-four inches, thirty. Uh, 30, 30, 30 for long range. It's plus one, so it's only a minus one to shoot something that's out of line of sight. I, I guess I've, ne- I've only ever really done it on the Reaver because with the obviously with the Warlord, I mean, I, I've not used the Warlord since gyroscopes came in. But corridor, you're not necessarily barraging much. No. But you know, I I think I've done it a handful of times. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a useful option. Yeah, it's a useful option to have. I just whereas the Reaver, I've done it a lot of times where I've gone split fire. The main guns have shot something they're not like the Apocalypse missile launchers, barrage something else because um, you know, I just didn't need to shoot that that target. It can has some use. So the Warlord because it's the corridor or front arc is a little bit more limited, but it's still an option. It's still not a bad one, especially if um, you're kind of planning that the shield's going to be down, like your volcano cannon and your quake cannon are going to hit shoot, but then you don't really need the missiles to be hitting that target because you probably not gonna, might not have done enough damage to make it reliable. Shooting another target like past it is, is never bad. I think the last Titan that we need to just touch on is the Warbringer. I think the Warbringer is quite an interesting one because of the the weapons that it has available to it. So now, obviously, we've got the Volcano Cannon, um, 55-point, pretty expensive carapace weapon. Mm. Obviously, stick stick some gyros on that, becomes 80 points <laughs> um, to, to use. That's quite expensive. But let's face it, you want to probably do that because of the limitations of Corridor. Yeah. Obviously, assuming that the what we've mentioned before in the Loyalist books is incorrect about it being our, uh, front arc. I'm assuming that's just something they forgot in the FAQ. Yeah, well, I guess we'll we'll find out in the coming months. But um, mm. the biggest problem with um, the Warbringer is is the Reaver arms that it can take with it. Um, are the volcano cannons? They're all quite short range, um, and so you've got. The same problem that we spoke about with the Warlord, with the Mori being minus one under 24 inches, um, coupled with the other weapons, which for the most part are 24 inches. So you end up with those situa- that situation where you have split um, distances between your carapace and what's on your arms, um, which can work. But again, like I, I very much like focusing on either doing the damage to with all yeah. of your weapons on the same target or using your activation to do something else. No, I would say there is the one kind of exception, which I did forget to talk about when we had this question, the uh, Princeps questions last time. There is the exception where there's the mana pool where it's on, you've got the four Reavers, uh, not four Reavers, four Warhounds. As long as the Warhounds can see, you only scatter D6 inches. Mm. That makes that minus one more bearable because you're it's a, you know, a two and a half inch template. So you've got to scatter quite far on that D6 for it not to at least clip it. Yeah, that's, that that is a big difference, actually. Yeah. Um, Five-inch template, maximum scattering of six. You stick that on the top, right in the middle, right, really, and, yeah. and it goes one of the sideways directions, you know. I yeah. Think probably only a six. Probably still good. Yeah, I think a six would miss. A five should hit. My... I haven't done the mass exactly. Obviously, you go forward and backwards, you're less likely to hit, but it still gives you... It makes it more reliable, and that minus one doesn't feel quite as bad in, in that mana pool. And this is where... This is where one of the things almost like... When you talk about these weapons, you almost do also need to talk about mana pools as well, but I don't want to go too far deep into mana pools because that just... We can see if it's four or four, five hours at that point going through every mana pool and weapon combination and... Ah. Uh, especially... So, but... I think with the Warbringer we can because there's only, what, three, four mana pools with the Warbringer in? So it does make it a bit more... There's less to less variables. Yeah. I can't think of them off the top of my head other than the Extergamus, the Rupture... Oh, they, oh, there we go. That's the, the Extergamus, the fourth one. That's the one I, I forgot. There's the Rupture, the Extergamus, the Arca... 
Arcus something. I think that's one of the Reavers. It's the precept, mm. isn't there? The precept. The precept as well, yeah. Pre- precepts are, that's a bit different because that's like an all round legio. Yeah. Um, I'm Paul, Sorry, I'm not. I don't. You know, but that's a big. You, you're not. You're not having to focus in the uh, red geo Manipal, though. That's where I really think you want the volcano cannons. You want the melter on the arm, and you want to be getting close and trying to kill a titan. Reptrio, sorry, because you want to be trying to kill titans with with your warbringer, so the reavers can get the bonus movement. The other one, which you were thinking of, is the Arcus. Arcus. So, the the Arcus is a bit of a weird one because it's it's a bit more of a sit backy one, and the warhounds are eight. I've seen an Arcus and a Venator work quite well together. The only issue I always hate with something like that is remembering which Reavers and which Manipal. Not Reaver, sorry, um, Warhound. Yeah. and Because obviously you've got lots of synergy <laughs> between them. It's, uh, you know, that's... You'd almost want to paint them up slightly differently so there's, you know, obvious differences between the Manipals. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do like the idea of the close-range ones with the Volcano Cannon on top, but... Um... Yeah, in, in that rupture at Manipal. Obviously, that gets a bit risky because if uh, like a Reaver and Warhound can get within nine inches, and then the main reason for taking the Warbringer is gone, which is the car- better better carapace weapon over the um, over the Reaver. But as far as rippers and strippers and stuff, the problem with the Warbringer is it can really only be a it can be a ripper. It's it's not going yeah. to be a finisher unless you get lucky. You know your melter guns. Got a blast! Your all yeah. your carapace weapons have got a blast. I guess I've the one I the one I've got in my head with the volcano cannon, the melter, and the gatling. That could be a finisher, but yeah, you're as a general rule, you are one hundred percent right. It's more you're definitely more. It's definitely more of a, a ripper for other titans to finish off. Yeah, uh, especially like if you take like the one I the one I messed around with a few times, at least in theory, hammer is quake and two volcano cannons. And then using the Archibus, Archibus, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it's the one with the Warhound, the one with the Warhound, so get only to get a D six, but also yeah. gains uh, barrage. Hmm. So you can sit at the back with two volcano cannons and a quake cannon, just barraging over the top. Yeah, uh, but as you say, the the, the Warbringer is quite an awkward one because because of its the main weapon makes it and yeah the synergy it's more of a ripper. It's more of a is is a support titan. That's you know kind of what it's meant to be. So yeah, um, I, I hate that's kind of made more sense of weapons. The, the general, the, I guess, just to quickly kind of give an overview, strippers you can only tell because they have lots of shots and they tend to be low strength. The uh, if you're looking at knights though, it's like another option for stripping, which we're not going to cover here. Just remember, it does need to at least be strength four to strip shields. If you're strength three or less, you can't hurt shields. So. There are some knight weapons which are strength free, so they're not unless you can get wave up in the strength. They're not doing anything. Uh, rippers tend to be blast. Tend is the big word there. When you get to warlords, they're not. And then finishers tend to be weapons which you can get lots of shots, but lots of high strength, higher strength shot, middle middle strength shots to aim for that last target, or our beam, which will potentially come on to once we've had a few games of Volkite. If you don't know the rules of beam, beam also hits a location that you want. So, and can also pass through to another target, potentially, if you kill the first that's, one. That's I think I think that's more the cherry on top, and I wouldn't 
I, yeah. pulling it off is going to be a pain in the ass. I think you're more likely to see that on the side titan, aren't you, than, Yo. than you will with the Volkite. That's more likely yeah. to happen with the side titan. Especially as you get down to two, two dice, strength six. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> but building your force is obviously a fundamental part of the game, and it's also one of the most intimidating things, I think, for anybody starting. Um, mm. So I, I hope that this has been of some use. And, of course, if you do have any questions, then um, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can email at us at email us at uh, maximalfire at gmail.com or you can contact us through our Instagram maximal.fire or Facebook page facebook.com forward slash maximalfire. Of course, if you do want a bit more of a uh, kind of closer relationship with us, so to speak, um, and get some of your questions. Oh, yeah, yes, they were misses. Um, And also get like some of your questions sort of prioritized if you do have any of these. Um, We do give a little bit of um, prioritization to our Patreon supporters. so if that's something that you're interested in, head on over to patreon.com forward slash maximal fire. You can back us from as little as a quid, uh, which is less than the price of a first class stamp. Uh, there you go. One pound a month bargain access to yours truly and Benjamin Davy, also known as Corsair Manable Davy. <laughs> um, yes. So I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Um, like I say, it's going to be a bit of a different one uh, next time you hear from us. It will be a princeps um, questions special and then once we're into july we will be looking at getting our next um, proper podcasts out into the ether with some special guests and we'll be looking at the tournament that we will have taken um, part in at that point hopefully i will be clutching my wooden spoon with great pride you will not be clutching a wooden spoon well, it depends if i change and decide to take my old axe <laughs> okay well then, then yes you will be I'm going. I'm going to win something today. I'm going for the win. The win of the wooden spoon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, might as well go for one trophy, right? Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, remember, until next time, go big, go loud, and go maximal. <laughs> <laughs>